This is Monster of the Week. I'm Ja Rule Gamer Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. And I'm his best friend in the whole world, Chris. Sam's got kicks and the angels got on. Wordplay. And the answer is the key like the doors of Durin in Lord of the Rings. Wait a second. Rest in peace, break home. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural and writing some raps, writing some good R&B around it, too. So expect that at some point. Don't. I'm not writing any raps, but I am here being supportive of Ja Rule Gamer Greer's um, (laughs) raps. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for returning to the podcast. We very much appreciate it. Before we get into the main part of this episode, I just want to thank all of the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We recently released a new episode of Monster of the Weeks Presents, which we do at the first of every month, and we're getting dangerously close to that tier where we are that um, goal where we release two of those a month. Uh, So if you're interested in us covering Murder by Death's 2003 record, uh, who will remain and what will, will be survive left of and them? what will be left of them thank right? you okay sure we did yeah. it like three months ago yeah it was a while back everybody uh but that was a listener suggested uh podcast cover and uh we had a lot of fun talk about it talking yeah, it was about super interesting album. trying to talk about music which is yeah not it was it was it was a change in pace for you and i definitely yeah but it was fun it was it was cool yeah and you get access to that and all kinds of cool stuff uh thank you to our most recent patron april we really appreciate it and yes, thank um, you yeah chris do you want to catch us up with what's been happening in season nine so far yeah, um, you know, a lot of times I, I've said this before, over and over again. I write, I write the road so far before I watch the episode, and on, uh, at times I forget what I wrote, and I know it's always a bad sign when I have to scroll down or <laughs> see the entire road so far. So, um, I I'm sorry in advance. I really don't know what I was thinking when I did this, but I did it. So here we go. You have the iPhone <laughs> XL, and it won't even fit on one screen, right? And it won't even... Yeah, I got it on a projector on the wall, and it's still not big enough. The first time I touched the, that blade, I knew I wouldn't be stopped. That's that's a direct quote from... That's a direct quote from the, from the TV show, Supernatural. But here mm-hmm. we go. The first time I touched that blade, I knew I wouldn't be stopped. Dean huffed. The steam from his breath fogging up the bunker's bathroom mirror. Like it or not, he continued, his reflection glowering back at him. Dean is going full horny on Maine, and not an angel in heaven or a demon in hell can stop him. Something gigantic shifted behind him, and Dean spun on his heel to see Sam standing dumbfounded, a grocery bag clamped in one enormous fist. Sorry, the Titanic Winchester muttered. See, I, n- I never refer to Sam my name in this whole thing, so I'm already confused. Sorry, the Titanic Winchester muttered. I thought... He scrunched up his face. Dean mimicked the look. What? That's the only way we know it's Dean is when I'm doing that voice. <laughs> I love all the stage direction that you're giving me for this thing. I don't even remember anything that you've said now. <laughs> I'm getting very self-conscious. Okay, so uh, let me... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take it back now. All right. Uh, who were you talking to? The gargantuan Sam man asked, looking about the bathroom in confusion. No one, said Dean, waving a dismissive hand. Sam took a step forward, his legs swinging like oversized windmills. I heard someone say your name. Is Cass here? Or were you just referring to yourself in the third person? So what if I was? Dean demanded. Sam raised one massive mitt in surrender. Fine, whatever. Look, I don't want to start a fight. Just tell me one thing. Dean twitched in irritation. Listen, Sammy, if this is about hiding the blade away somewhere, you can forget it. It's not that, Sam interrupted, his voice echoing down the vast length of his body. 
What then? Dean, this is getting further from Dean each, each time I do it. Dean spun back around and turned on the tap, running the cool water over his hands, his eyes never leaving Sam's colossal reflection. The jumbo Winchester sucked in a tremendous breath before at last, asking his question. <laughs> What's horny on Maine mean? <laughs> Dean watched as his own face flashed red in the mirror. He thought about ignoring it, but Sam fixed him with that puppy dog stare. Cyclopean and unblinking. It's a Twitter thing, Dean began. Like if you have your main account, but then you have another account where you- Wait, why the hell am I explaining this to you? Look it up. Maybe if you stopped obsessing over lore for ten minutes, you could actually stop and smell the memes for a change. Sam made to speak, but Dean cut him off with a wave of a hand. I'm not getting into it, he said, once and for all. He turned to dry his hands, and then, as if just noticing something, he called after his humongous brother. Hey, Sammy. What's in the bag? Sam looked forlornly at the grocery bag, still clutched in his hand, wishing he had a better answer, wishing there was something in the bag that could help him understand Horny on Maine. It's just eggs, Dean, Sam said. There was a tear in his eye. It's just eggs. Very good. Extremely I don't know good. what I was thinking with that, but there you, <clears throat> you go. You went on a journey with that one. I, have I to went ask, on a journey. I have to ask, there was a moment in that, in that section where you said that Dean turned on the tap and the cool water ran out. Is that cool water cologne or just cool water? Because in my head, it's going to be cool water cologne on tap, which is what the boys have in the bunker, <laughs> which explains yes. maybe yes. a lot of what why there are so many sinks and bathrooms in the bunker, because some of Abs- them are just yes. plumbed with cool water. Like the hot is Dracar Noir and the cool is cool water cologne. And I think that's all you need, right? Yeah, we're, we're led to believe this whole Mark of Cain thing is having an effect on Dean's brain. No, it's not. It's actually all the cologne that they're consuming. It's making them go crazy. <laughs> Um, I legitimately don't know what I was going for with it. My, my punchline was just, it's just eggs, I guess, but I didn't yell it like I was supposed to. So did you put it in all in caps in your notes or I didn't, I wrote, it's just eggs. It's just eggs. Anyway, (laughs) what's this episode about? So this is, um, season nine, episode 22. Chris, we're almost at the end of the season, my man. Can you believe that? One episode left. After this, I think we have one episode left, and then we are, Damn. and then we're going to be doing a feedback episode, which is a good time to remind people that they can write in and have us read their filth on uh, our questions or or comments or serious supernatural discussion um, <clears throat> on the podcast. You can go to monsterweek.cool slash feedback to do that, or you can just email monstertheweekpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I try to get all of that. I try to go through the spam folder and, and get all that stuff, but if we miss you, I'm sorry, and I'll just let me know, and I'll get you the next time around. Uh, this is season nine, episode 22, Stairway to Heaven. This was written by Andrew Dabb and directed by Guy B. This aired on May 13th, 2014. Tessa the Reaper returns after a massive attack. Not the band, by the way. I know you were thinking that the massive attack concert was in this episode, but it was not. Trip Hop is not dead. After a massive attack on the angels, Castiel calls Sam and Dean for help. But as they leave, Dean's eagerness to bring the first blade doesn't go unnoticed by Sam, who is worried about the cost to his brother whenever he uses the blade. Meanwhile, Castiel is shocked when he learns that the angel that caused the attack was one of his followers and did it in his name. Dean discovers there is a conspiracy amongst Castiel's angel followers, and at the heart of it is Tessa, the Reaper. Um, Off the bat, I I I was actually very excited for Tessa to come back. Like, I was super into it. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten that they just retconned Reapers as basically angels, and I had forgotten how much I hate that. <laughs> like, I really mm. don't like it. I, I, I don't understand actually, it. I don't dig it. I I just, yeah. I would prefer these to be separate cosmic entities. And I don't fully understand what her function was in this episode. Did, did Metatron 
like carve that symbol? Like, I don't know. How did she end up involved? I, I, kind of, I think I missed something important. Yeah, so um, at the end of this episode, or at, I guess at the end of the last episode, or during the last episode, we learned from um, that angel that uh, Dean and Sam were able to like reverse psychology to give up their secrets, that Metatron was recruiting angels for a special elite unit. And uh, we learn at the end of this episode from Gadriel, as he's talking to Metatron, that this is what his elite unit was doing. So he recruited him, and then they he recruited all of these angels and Tessa, and then brainwashed them into thinking that he was Castiel, and then carved them up so they could turn into suicide bombers. By the way, uh, maybe a content warning on this episode. Like, there's going to be, like, these these people are literally suicide bombing, and if suicide is something mm-hmm. that bothers you, um, I'm not going to get into, like, I don't think we need to get into emotional ramifications or that stuff, but just a, just a possible warning because yeah, that, that's, that's a very serious subject and it's, it's not really treated as such in, in this episode. So no, um, yes, yeah, a lot of violence towards women in this episode as well, but, um, yes. mm-hmm. we'll get into it, I guess. Um, yeah, I just don't understand why a, a Reaper get, got pulled into this. Maybe I just missed a line somewhere and I was just distracted. It's because um, Reapers are angels now. And so like, she's just hanging out with angels or, or something like I, what? I don't, uh, that's yeah, that's bad. Um, somebody, somebody is listening to this and going, well, actually you missed and he's going to like lay oh, us sure. out some history. I'm but sure. yeah, sorry that we don't, we don't have that on hand, but this is, this is who we are. Um, so we start out at Dixon, Missouri in an ice cream shop uh, with a, with a, a woman who is dressed completely in the, may I speak to the manager uniform, um, basically like laying into this random girl about her banana split, which is just ridiculous. Uh, and I love, she's like, excuse me, miss. I know this is none of my business, but what are you eating? And she's in the, and the little girl is like, you're right. It's none of your business. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> which is really funny to me. Yeah. Um, but all of that gets interrupted when an, another angel, just like a ponytail man where he looks like a streaker because he's got a, like a cast trench coat on, but you can tell he doesn't have a shirt on underneath it. Um, so it looks like something bad's going to happen, but all we see is him approach the little girl with the, the banana split. And, um, thankfully he doesn't do anything. Um, like I was worried he was going to do, but instead that we see like a flash of light and basically like we see it from the outside of the store. Uh, and there's essentially an angel explosion, but we don't really know what the hell just happened. I was really worried he was going to walk in and show everybody his wiener because he is, yeah. he is straight up in a, a flasher outfit. Um, but no, the things explode and we find out pretty quickly that this young girl was an angel. Um, I think we found out right before that actually. Um, and then we go to the, the main part of the episode where Dean is waking up Sam and, and, and using a method that I, I kind of hope he does every single day. <laughs> like, the idea that this could be happening on a regular basis is really funny to me. He basically holds his phone up to a very loud metal song and just surprises a very deeply sleeping Sam who is, I, I say deeply sleeping, but he's in his full gigantic darks with the, like, and fully dressed. He's got his jeans time. on. Yeah. He's got his belt on. We do not see feet. You know what I'm saying? We don't see feet. We don't see feet. Um, they're, they're most likely socked and booted. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Sam Sam spins awake at the sound and draws his gun uh, that he obviously had in his hand when he slept. But I don't know why he's still doing that in the bunker. I mean, I guess it, old habits die hard. But um, he's like, holy shit. Dean just goes, nice reflexes, better hair. Um, which, I mean, yeah, uh, he had great looking hair. But um, he's like, holy shit, dude, I could have shot you. Um, and uh, Dean's like, yeah, okay, great. Like, get up. We got We got work to do. We got a case. Um, and we also learn that basically Dean didn't sleep as we always find out about the boys and that Sam has only been asleep for about two hours. So, um, they're hard at work. 
Um, and this is where we get this first confrontation between Dean and Sam about the first blade. Uh, as Sam splashes a little cool water cologne on his face and uh, he comes to the, the main room of the bunker to pack up with Dean. Dean's grabbing the first blade and Sam is like, hey man, why don't we, why don't we, save, why don't we save that phoenix down for a boss fight? That'd be yeah. way more useful. Um, but Dean says, like, no, we're not going to do that. And they go, go back and forth. They don't necessarily argue, but Sam just, like, is, is you could tell Sam is extremely concerned about this. Um, and they end up leaving it behind. Dean says, I'm going to leave it here. It's no problem. And the next scene, we are, we are on site uh, to the, at the ice cream yeah, shop. Castiel, uh, Castiel called them with a, with a case. And Sam is like, hey, so, like, what, what's the case? And he's like, I don't know. He just told us to come down there. He's a weird, dorky little guy. Like, I don't, like... Dean talks a lot of shit about Castiel. In this episode. Everybody talks a lot of shit in the, about Castiel in this episode. Metatron goes on like like a like a fourteen second long like roast, like it's fucking Castiel's birthday or something. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, do not like a lot of that that stuff. Um, <laughs> I do like that Castiel has made it to this place first and let the police know to expect his partners, Agent Spears and Aguilera. Big fan of that. And then uh, tell Sam, like, oh, yeah, I've noticed that, you know, you guys have a routine that you do for, like, you know, famous musicians. And he's and Sam just has this look of, like, I can't believe I have to hang out with you. Like that Michael, <laughs> that Michael Scott, why are you the way you are to Toby? Um, yeah, is is exactly yeah. like, why are you like this, Castiel? <laughs> um, this is this is an episode that's pretty good for um, uh, Sam and uh, cast moments, though. But uh, yeah, so we find out that in, 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 in less humorous tones, we find out that it, six humans and, and one angel died in this ice cream place. Um, and this was one of Cass's soldiers, apparently, that was killed. Uh, I assume he means the little girl. I don't know. Um, but we don't spend a lot of time on that because we've got to unravel that mystery as we go. There's a lot of there's a lot of angel politics. There's a lot of confusion. Then we cut over to Metatron, everyone's favorite. Uh, he's trying on a jacket that looks kind of like Castiel's and looking at himself in the mirror. Um, Gadriel knocks on the door. Metatron. We get we get lots of like little random like one off silly jokes throughout this, which I don't hate. Even though I said that in a derisive way, I actually enjoyed all these little jokes. Because he yells to, you know, he gets to knock on the door, he goes, one second, trying to take off the jacket, uh, and Gadriel doesn't wait a second and comes in. Um, but yeah, um, this scene seems to serve Gadriel kind of doubling down on serving Metatron and not serving Castiel because of the angel attack that just happened, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Gadriel is, is mad because, you know, Metatron had him followed, but, you know, Metatron is basically like, well, you met with Cass, and, uh, and basically just ignores all of Gadriel's complaints like I feel like this is the moment you start to see like maybe Castiel's argument worked on Gadriel and he's considering uh like ditching Metatron yeah um in this scene it makes Metatron seem like he's jealous of Castiel and how everyone loves Castiel and how all these people are willingly following Castiel even he though he was the one mentally deficient puppy is what he calls Castiel yeah, weird um, Jesus even though he established Castiel like as the leader of this rebellion, it was all part of his plan. Uh, I don't know if this is this is still all part of his plan or if things just aren't going the way that he expected them to. And people just really like Castiel. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we leave off. Metatron just makes himself seem real fucking pathetic throughout this episode. <laughs> he does. I um and I, I will give some credit to this actor. I think that they the notes that they're giving him is to make Metatron as kind of like nerdishly 
evil as possible like one of those real <laughs> kind of kind of dudes and it's it's working like i kind of hate most of them we've talked about it we've 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 ran some hate on metatron before you, you oh, know yeah. how i feel about him but oh yeah um this episode definitely seals some of that up we also find out that he's about to meet with yet another angel faction we didn't know about i don't remember this angel's <laughs> name it's something like tyrone or something um yeah i don't know and and, and hey metatron better call him right fellas uh <laughs> The, uh, I'm making a bunch of music references that I think are going completely over your head, and I'm kind of loving Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm just trying to hang on for dear life. <laughs> First it was Massive Attack, and now it's You Better Call Tyrone. Have you, you never heard that song? No, I don't even know. I wouldn't wouldn't have known that was a song. It's a, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. It's an RB track sung by a woman, and the, the hook is You Better Call Tyrone and tell him to come get your shit, because she's kicking, she's kicking the, the boyfriend <laughs> oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but anyway, he's going to meet this, this, this unknown as of, uh, up till now angel faction. And he's trying to figure out how to impress them. And, uh, which is maybe the reason he was like modeling that jacket in the mirror earlier. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe Castiel and the boys go back to Castiel's angel HQ and they find out that one of their angels were missing. Um, and then we're, we're introduced to this character that I, I just really remember dying in the last episode. Is this not the same woman that was killed when people when Metatron attacked the Castiel and Gadriel meeting? Or is it just, am I just blind? Am I face we've, blind for some reason? We, we've seen Hannah before, if that's who you're talking about. She's, okay, she's yeah. been around, and I don't think that she is dead. I think he's the one, she is the one that Castiel found in the episode when everyone was being lured to that like angel sigil. Uh, I think the horn of Gabriel was causing people. To, like, oh yeah, come yeah, to yeah. This. Okay, okay, okay. So I was just getting her she and was... all of the other angel assistants confused. So that's yeah, that's on yeah. me. Um, um, but yeah, the boys are finally introduced to her, uh, and we learn that yeah, Josiah, an angel, he wasn't there for roll call. They do roll call every morning. Um, <laughs> and just, she says something it's about be so fucking some... cute, man. <laughs> just yeah, Castiel, yeah. like Josiah, Nibifosiles here, <laughs> right, right, uh, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrone. Uh, so yeah, he wasn't there, and there was just this attack. So they think that he's potentially the traitor that they've been looking out for. Um, Sam puts on his thinking cap. See, I don't mind him when Sam takes uh, the back seat when he, but he actually like does things. Like I don't need him to be the driving force of the action. I just don't want him to be sent for eggs in the basement. You know, sure. Yeah. Um, so he takes the initiative to say, uh, "All right, let me look up this dude's vessel, um, and I'll find out the name and location." I don't know why exactly that would. Um, be his first thought but i mean it makes sense like he can't it does yeah it makes sense i think dean makes the point of like oh he's he's in a vessel like he doesn't have his normal angelic powers like he he can't just flit around like an angel anymore he has to drive places like a human so that this when they go to the vessel and like try to find out where the car is and all that stuff so that makes track his credit cards yeah um, um so a, a, yeah, they have a, a rough idea of where he is in like colorado or something yeah and uh another angel finds uh, a video of uh of the ice cream shop explosion from the inside it was being recorded and we see this angel i think this guy no we don't see this guy we see um this this the killer that we saw like open up his uh his jacket he's got this weird carved sigil in his chest and he stabs himself but only but 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 he waits till he says i do this in the name of castiel and then when he stabs himself uh everything explodes 
and then Dean, <laughs> all aggroed up on that first that good good first blade juice, uh, just starts yelling at Castiel for not knowing things and having made mistakes in the past. Like he just was like, "What is this?" And Castiel was like, "I don't know." And Dean's like, "Stop saying I don't know. You always have this problem. The last time you did this, da, da, and like starts listing out things." And I'm like, "Hey, Dean, like pot and kettle, my dude. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. stones and glass houses, my man. <laughs> like if, if you wanted to direct some of that inward, you it would not yeah. hurt at all." Yeah, he's talking about how the last time Castiel had power, he, you know, he killed people, he lied to them, he deceived them, all this other stuff. Um, he calls this kind of like a cult of Castiel, like, what's going on here? And Castiel's like, well, man, can you, like, fucking back off, my dude? Um, actually, that's Sam, who's like, guys, 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 let's, uh, let's, let's chill out, like, let's work together here. Um, Dean commands that Castiel not do anything. Um, Castiel is like, obviously, I'm, I'm not gonna not anything um i need to i need to be in action i have to figure out what's going on um so i think that dean commands that castiel and sam go to josiah in colorado and track him down um, yeah castiel gonna... says like i have to do something and then sam is and he's then dean is like well you're taking sam or sam's coming with you and sam's like i am what what, what yeah. am i gonna be doing <laughs> <laughs> Also, Castiel uh, recognizes the killer, by the way. We, we need to mention that, that it was one of his oh, yeah. new recruits. And um, he has set up these angels at hospitals doing minor miracles to help people to, you know, do some good in the world, which is a very mm-hmm. Castiel thing to do. And I love it. I love, I love our sweet baby boy it. virgin, get Castiel. Gotta have our good boy. Um, and I missed this line specifically, because later on when we're talking to one of the doctors, I thought it was just a human lady <laughs> who knew the 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 person the angel in question but i thought it was just a regular person so the events that happened to her were a little bit upsetting until i realized oh it's an angel um, <laughs> but we'll get to that um and we they take off um castiel and sam are in a car uh together uh and some of our like season nine has been or the last few episodes of season nine have been pretty strong for giving us that castiel sam content and i'm kind of here for mm-hmm. it obviously they're doing it because you know they're setting up dean on this like lone wolf i am the anger man the path um but i'll take it where i can get it right. uh castiel asks sam if dean is different and sam says well yeah like he's super amped up he's on edge and castiel's like yeah he's even angrier than like just his normal angry thing and uh and castiel says like Hey Sam, you you believe me that I had nothing to do with this explosion, right? And Sam says, like, yeah, of course, I don't think you did this, but you have an angel cult, and like nobody, or a lot of people have done some really bad things in the name of faith or God, and like that's concerning to us, um, which yeah. is a kind of a cool like I, I like this conversation a lot of Sam being like, I don't think you did this, but I definitely don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that some of your weird followers took this upon themselves to do it, and I like that question yeah. throughout this episode. Yeah, there is a definite, um, there, there is a concern about these followers, but I appreciate that Sam at this point isn't l- laying blame on Castiel. Exactly. Um, I think they have gone through similar situations uh, in the past with not knowing how to handle power and um, things going bad because of it. But right now, I think they're both in a position where they say, okay, we know that you specifically aren't causing this, but we do need to get a hold on the situation before things get out of control even more than they already are. And from here, we go over to uh, a bowling alley where uh, Tyrone, um, I know I wrote his name down in my notes somewhere, so I will change it when I get there, but I'm not worrying about it right now. Um, Tyrone has uh, bowled a strike and Metatron is like just brown nosing to the best of his ability and cheering him on Mm -hmm. Um, and basically like says, hey, let's get down to business. And this guy, Tyrone, is like, well, you know, 
I really like it here. Like I love to be at this bowling alley. Like it's it's authentic. Like I like being down here. We're on all of my people kind of don't want to come home. Like heaven is pretty boring. And also mm-hmm. Metatron, you're losing. So and mm-hmm. I think he also says, and I hate your face at one point, which is really, yeah. which is really cathartic and, and feels really yeah, nice. And, and you're a huge nerd and I think you suck. I think um, he does call him a huge nerd, right? Like, that's so good. <laughs> he says something about how he's like, you're like, you're the, the nerd, like trying to sit with the cool kids or something yeah. like that. Um, it's very, he's not, this guy's not nice. This, this guy's a total fucking beefhead, and yes. he is not nice. He just happens to be not nice to somebody that I don't like. So I'm down for it. Yeah. So it's okay. Um, but he's like, yo, uh, Metatron. If you try to like come after me, all that's gonna do is make my boys because this is this is the type of guy who's got boys. Boys. Um, he's like, my, yeah, my boys. If you uh, if you stop messing around with me, my boys are just gonna join Castiel. I feel like this dude's uh, the the name that he has assigned his boys are the Boston Nuggets for some reason. Like, I just really like the idea of this guy calling his group the Boston Nuggets. That's I don't know what that is. But I don't know either, I man. It. But it just it doesn't it feel right it. for like this weird angel to be calling his like group of dudes. Like, well, we got to have a name, guys. Come on, and like just look at some these stuff guys, around the room. <laughs> these all these angels landed in the Boston area. Now, when they take vessels, you don't just talk like your vessel. Jimmy Neutron and Castiel talk a little bit different. Uh, Gadriel and Battlestar Galactic Hunk talk a little bit different. Um, angel Sam. And and non-Angel Sam talk a little bit different. So it's just all these angels who have adapted a Boston accent yes. in their, like, 17th century of life because they're all, you know, eons old or whatever. Um, they're, they're all now adopting Boston accents so they can, they can fit in. And they started watching The Departed and Good Will Hunting and sure. all, like, those kind of movies. <laughs> just, and that's, just the entire just, Matt Damon collection. Like, they, did, they watched the- a lot of... <laughs> Watch a lot of bored identity. Got some ideas about how to do jujitsu and and so there's just this real kind of set weird sense of like of loyalty, bro. And like you know, how's your mother, bro? Um, kid, what what are you doing, kid? Me and the boys, kid. Um, going down to the packy. Uh, a lot of that that they've adopted into their personality. So it's just this weird Boston Angel faction that we've ended up with. It's just me and the nugs on the street tonight, yo. Like it's just Mom, going out with the nugs. What do you want? <laughs> Don't question me in front of the nugs. I've told you this. Ma! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he offers one final uh, possibility to, to Metatron and says, "Hey, if you beat me at bowling, hey, we'll talk. I'll, I'll come over." Yeah. And we cut from there to. I'll call up Donnie. We'll go down to the pier. Um, <laughs> of course, it's Donnie. <laughs> oh, Donnie. Uh, O'Sullivan. Uh, O'Sullivan's mother. God rest her soul. Uh, not you, ma! Um, I don't know what I'm... Castiel. Gabriel. Uh, uh, fucking uh, Thomas, kid. All right, is Tyrone a, a Boston name? Is that like a... It's probably not. It's right? all got to be... It's got to be... It's all Irish Catholic. That's what... Sure. It's all Irish Catholic. Yeah. Um, we switch over to Castiel and Sam who are interviewing a uh, gas station clerk who saw the dude that they're looking for and knows that he's going to uh, someplace in Montana to because he bought like a map and asked for directions. And then from there, we go to Dean interviewing um, a woman whose name I believe is Flagstaff. Which is a I don't I can't tell if that's her human name or her angel name and I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't know which would be worse like Flagstaff is like a middling pothead city in Arizona and I guess yeah, you I could don't... be named after that but man that what a weird name even if even for an angel name that's a weird name 
She absolutely doesn't run with the Boston crew because that's no, just no, too confusing. Absolutely um, not. So yeah, this is who I was like, I didn't know that she was an angel. I know that I should have figured that out immediately, but she's just dressed like a doctor saying like, yeah, I save lives. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess you do. And I liked the, you know, the dichotomy of somebody like that looking at somebody like Dean, even though she like calls him a killer and like a doctor wouldn't just be like, yeah, you're a fucking murderer. Like clearly she has to be something supernatural. But I was a little bit slow. I, you, the listeners know I'm the slow one on the podcast. Um, but she's, yeah, she calls, she calls Dean a killer. He's got oceans of blood on his hands. Um, and I don't really know what he's trying to get out of her, but they're, they're having this kind of debate. And she's saying that she, basically she's looking down on him. And she says, I hate men like you. Um, and she this was is, one of uh, one of the killer's uh, few angel friends. So he's trying right, to find out right. more information about him from her. And she's refusing to give anything up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she says she hates men like him he flips the table and then slams her chair down with her in it uh, and that's when I was still thinking she was just a human lady and I was like oh holy shit this is dark um, and he says honey there are no men like me um, he quotes Jamie Lannister it's yep. not as cool as when Jamie says it but uh, it, it it just yeah I, I obviously when he pulls out the angel blade I was like oh she's an angel but there was that brief moment of like damn they just like they're just going for the violence against women thing. Like, I know Supernatural does it a lot, but we, we, we hand wave it away because uh, it's they're monsters, you know, yeah. in the shape of women. I and mean, we can deal with it. But, like, there was just something a little bit too real for a second there for me. With the flipping of the table, it had a very domestic vibe to it. The flipping of the table, pushing off the chair. It just seems like something that, you know, I don't know. It felt very real for a second. And I'm, I'm glad the Angel Blade came out and I didn't really like the honey on the blah, blah, blah. Like, um, if you know, I don't think it was a bad line, even though it was, even though it was from Jamie Lannister. I don't think it was a bad line. It just was like it was really it felt really dark, and it, and it I, I wasn't sure how I was supposed to take it. I um I think even knowing having paid some attention to the show and knowing this was an angel and not just some random doctor that Dean had pulled into <laughs> well, torture okay. and interview. Um, yes. I think the 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 suddenness with which he he knocks this table over, and and more importantly, like he grabs her. And and basically throws her down with the chair and then like kind of jumps on top of her holding her down like it's it's a very it's very evocative like I, I they know exactly the kind of like feelings right, they're, they're right. trying to bring out here um, especially since it's a woman and not just some dude uh, and it's very scary like this is this is one of our looks at Dean obviously under some sort of effect with the first blade <laughs> some sort he says like it's obviously driving him like, yeah. to be a fucking yeah. weirdo and angry um, person yeah uh, it's he's, a, it's he's a, turned into kratos okay <laughs> right right it's a it's a powerful moment in a, in a powerfully bad moment mm-hmm. um and i don't mean bad from a writing standpoint i think the only thing that gets a little sticky for me is the use of that line yeah um the even though i don't i don't think that it doesn't fit necessarily but there is a, a level of ego with it. Like when Jamie Lannister says, literally to talk about Game of Thrones for a second, um, which has plenty of its own problems with violence towards women. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but Jamie Lannister is, is like covered in his own shit and chained to a post. And, and Catelyn Stark says, I hate men like you or whatever. And he says, there are no men like me. Um, and it's this level of ego, even while he's covered in his own filth. And like he, he's at his lowest point he can be, but he still has that level of ego. And it tells you something about his character. We're here. I don't know how to interpret Dean saying it because he has the power um, and he's the one committing the violence. So it feels um, it's just it's very dark. Uh, and like, I, again, it's not it's not bad, but it's a, it's a whole lot to take in. And it's such a stark shift for Dean. I mean, it's not. Is it? 
I don't know. It's just such a stark example of the thing that he's going through. You kind of have to take a step back and go, whoa, holy shit. Um, and as long as they know the way, the angle that they're playing it and the way that it comes off, then it's okay. But if it's supposed to have some sort of other intended, like, badass effect, then I don't like it. But I, I'm going to say that they aren't going for that. So he tosses her down and uh, pulls out the angel blade and starts asking for details. And he finds out that um, Oren, who is the guy that, that set off this explosion, um, had two other friends, Constantine and Tessa. And of course, Dean recognizes Tessa's name immediately as like Tessa the Reaper. And she's like, how do you know Tessa the Reaper? And I'm like, okay, dude, it's Dean Winchester. Yeah, like, yeah, of course, on. he's met his Come own on. Reaper and also kind of kissed her once. Like, it's that kind yeah. of relationship that he has. Dean with used people. to be nice. <laughs> Dean used to be kind of a cool dude until he got yeah. super angry and had a first blade erection at all times. Um yes. We go back over to Castiel and Sam, who have arrived in Prey, Montana. And they, they find the car that they've been chasing. Um, they're at this like abandoned warehouse, which looks like, you know, like a nest of vampires might move in with a, with a young girl who they used to bait humans yeah. to, to eat. Yeah. Um, Castiel says this place is radiating power. Like he hasn't felt since heaven. Um, and Sam goes to try to break the, break in the door and he gets the lock undone, but he's not able to break it down. And Castiel says, step aside, I'll handle this. And I was really expecting like some sort of like burst of, of angelic power, but instead he just kind of weakly flops against the door several times and not, and it doesn't budge. And Sam's like, what are you doing? I'm, yeah. a thousand inches bigger than you and i would definitely be better at this it's this scene is great for several reasons because one it's showing the power disparity between uh what what is happening with dean where he just like you know does all this physical intensity uh because he's got so much strength coursing through him um it, it shows us where castiel kind of thinks he is um i think castiel thinks he's gained a level of, of power because of the position that he's in and because of the abilities that he has he's he's become a much more efficient hunter than he ever was before. He, he's capable of things he was never capable of before without his angel powers. Like, he's doing pretty well. Um, but it also shows us just how weak he's growing, right? Because we know that he has stolen grace and that it's, it's, the, the clock is ticking. We've been reminded of that. But Castiel isn't quite as strong as he thinks he is, even though that isn't why he can't get the door open. He can't get the door open because it's, you need to answer a riddle to get it open. But it's still, it's, it's, it's informing us of a little bit of, 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 Cass's hubris or maybe just what's kind of going on with him while also leading towards us having to solve a, a dumb riddle yep i'm kind of excited to get to that riddle uh but before we do that we go over to dean who has tracked tessa down um in a mysterious hole in the clouds that prevents rain from falling on them while it's falling on everything else which is always very convenient um <laughs> actually she has for some reason stolen an ambulance and he tracked it with the the gps that's in the ambulance and she kind of very quickly wants to brush him off and is like, I got stuff to do. And when he grabs her to, to pull him back to her again, Dean being like a little, like a little aggressive, I think more aggressive than we normally see him. Um, her, her jacket and shirt pull to the side a little bit. And he's able to see that she's got, he's able to see part of the carving that she's put on her chest. So she's mm -hmm. just walking around. I have to imagine that if you, carved a sign on my chest and then we're like hey go put go put your Smanford university t-shirt on i'd be like mm, no let me bandage this bad boy up first i don't yeah, want to i just yeah. don't want to like have a shirt scraping across my open right. wounds um, right and before we can really react to that we go over to metatron who yeah, this is, is where he like slams her into the wall and stuff right yeah i think so yeah he and does he and he cuffs her and then he's like all right i'm taking and it's just like okay this is a kidnapping like this is shit that happens that this is, is true that yeah, yeah, bad guys that down, do yeah. to real people and i think that that's why i don't like it is like i mean 
I it's don't a little like too seeing, real. <clears throat> I don't like seeing Dean do like this a little too. Like I, I can deal with him like hacking off an angel's head or or whatever. Like this more more supernatural, more fantasy kind of violence. I'm a little bit more comfortable with rather than just the even just the, the normal aggression, the shoving and pushing, which of course is not as violent as cutting somebody's head off, but it's more real. And I think maybe that's why it's uncomfortable to see him committing these real levels of violence rather than fantasy violence. Um, because we can deal with fantasy violence all day because we separate it from reality and we know, well, Dean's hacking off a vampire head. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that because, yeah, sure, he's losing control a little bit. We've illustrated that through his behavior, but seeing him act so aggressively towards women, because um, it's just women in this episode, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I don't think there's, <clears throat> I don't think there's a dude that, uh, well, there, there will be at the end of the episode. But then, we'll you know, maybe, that. maybe they are playing off of that. Maybe they're, they're trying to create this, this power disparity to make us uncomfortable, to make us really see in, in more, in a more subtle way, like the, the shift that Dean's going through. Like, I don't know. I can't say. I think, I know I that think it so. Made, it like, I, I think, yeah. I think all of Dean's aggressiveness in this episode is, is specifically meant for us to think like, what the fuck is happening to Dean? Like this, right. this first blade business is, is getting real bad. Um, and it's, you know, now that he has it and he wants to use it all of the time, like it's, it's even scarier. Um, I think the, the reason that it bothers us a little bit is it's, it is, it is him enacting very pedestrian violence, mm-hmm. um, in a way that is, 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 is way more terrifying than using barbed wire to cut off a vampire head. Yeah. Right. Which like, is honestly dope as fuck. Yes. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. But this is, <clears throat> You know, a show making you uncomfortable isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no, but no this not is, at all. But this is making me uncomfortable, and I'm not used to that from Supernatural. I don't remember the last time that I got a level of discomfort like this from it. Um, which, again, that's not a, really a criticism. It's just something to, to discuss. Yeah. Um, we go back over to Metatron. Um, he cuffs her, and he's going to take her back to Angel HQ. Metatron's still in the bowling alley uh, when Constantine shows up, and supernatural writers and just like any tv show writers if you're gonna name a character constantine like you gotta make him a cool guy like that's a right. rule to be named constantine it's like, like a whole thing it's yeah. a it's a big deal and this dude is just like a like a faceless goober that opens up his chest and says i do this for castiel and then blows this place up um and we see gadriel like quickly block metatron from the blast uh but we don't see what happens after rocking that like 700 dollars leather jacket that he's had on this whole time it looks expensive to me that's all i know uh, we go back over to Sam and Castiel. Sam has, to say has about the leather jacket. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to let you have it. <laughs> keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> uh, go back over to Sam and Castiel. I was, I'm just so excited to get to this dumb riddle. That's probably what it is. <laughs> it more is, than anything. It's really good. It's uh, really good. <laughs> Sam can't figure out a way in all, all of the entrances and windows are locked. Uh, but Castiel has seen some, some writing in a Nokian. Um, and it says, why is six afraid of seven? And, uh, <laughs> Castiel goes on this like long-winded, well, this could be a prime number, and I know prime numbers can be vaguely intimidating when you're learning them and like going through all this thing. And Sam's like, no, it's because seven, eight, nine. And of course the, the door yeah. just pops open. And Castiel says, like, oh yeah, this is like the door to whatever. The doors and, of Durin. Yeah. And, uh... and, and Lord of the Rings. And Sam's <laughs> the, like the, you I see, think it's the Bites of Boria. Yeah, yeah. You see you see Lord of the Rings, you've read, you know what Lord of the Rings is? And at this point, Autumn chimed in and she said, wouldn't you just love to sit down and do a full marathon of all of the Lord of the Ring movies, extended editions with Castiel in the room and just have him yes. ask the, do- why does it, why doesn't he just teleport the ring to Mordor? Why does he carry the ring all the time? <laughs> why do they eat the- three breakfasts? <laughs> yeah, I love that Castiel responds with like, with such like a, a weight upon his heart of, I have, I have been, I have been given 
of all pop culture knowledge. Like there, he just says it with <laughs> such a heavy heart. Like he is cursed with all of this knowledge suddenly. Um, it's at this point that Dean calls and we get like a quick catch up session between the boys, uh, just letting the people know what's going on. Sam seems pretty concerned that Tessa's involved and like what he's about to do to Tessa, but he doesn't really give him a lot of time to talk and they hang up and we see Dean just straight up like perp walking Tessa into angel HQ, like hands handcuffed behind her back. Um, he's like rushing her through the thing and he shoves her into an interrogation room and like all of the angels start showing up and are be like, Hey, we're not going to let you torture that chick. Like that's just absolutely not going to happen. Like Castiel is the only person that is allowed to, to make these kind of decisions. You're just some random human and we're not going to let you talk to her. You can go in and excuse me, we're, you can go in and talk to her, but you're not carrying an angel blade. And he's like, are you asking or are you telling? And one of the angels is like, we're not asking. And I'm like, okay guys. Okay. We get okay. it. We get it. There's All some right. tension. Dial it every, down. every man in this room is fully erect. We get it. Yes. Uh, angel, angel blades popping up on all of the, yeah. all of the gowns. Uh, that's, the, I heard, I heard that the, the whole, the real Mark of Cain, is that you're perpetually hard. Yeah, yeah, just just like the vampires in Interview with the Vampire. But, Your dick is just you t- continually hard. But you can't nut. Yeah, but you don't nut blood. <laughs> why do you think Dean's so mad? <laughs> he's why he's so right. angry all of the time. Cut it out. He's Cut pit, it. He's pit up. No, I'm not cutting that up. Cut okay. it! <laughs> uh, Dean gives up the blade, goes to talk to Contessa. Uh, meanwhile, Sam and Castiel are exploring this building, going down this long hallway. And then out of nowhere, uh, these giant CGI saw blades, uh, which oh, yeah. looked pretty good, except when Sam goes to walk around them. And for some reason, that effect yeah. just looked really weird and uncanny. Um, but these giant saw blades like speed to him, almost like completely beheading Castiel before he drops to the floor. And they're able to walk around it. And Sam's like, "What are they? why are the saw blades from the last crusade here? Like, this is so yeah, weird. I- Right before he said that, I was like, oh, like, Sen's Fortress. And he goes, Last Crusade. I was like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. that too. That, yeah. Sure, sure, that too. Yeah, not just Sen's Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go back over to Dean, who is questioning Tessa. Tessa says that she's working for Castiel. Uh, she says that none of the human lives that were lost in any of these explosions matter. Uh, that Castiel said that she... Um, she had to do this. She was asked by Castiel specifically because she was strong. And she looks over at Hannah when she says this, who is also in the room and all of his other angels are too weak. And Hannah kind of loses it and like lunges at Tessa and Dean blocks her and like gets her out of the room. Um, and, and this is real interesting. Like this, this question, I never really had a doubt even when I first watched this episode that Castiel was behind this. Like Castiel does not, Nothing about Castiel's modern day vibes say, you know, suicide bombing by angels to me. Like, that's, right. he's just not no. that dude. So Castiel was, has lied, but I can't ever say that he's schemed, and these feel like schemes. That's not really his style. Exactly, yeah. And I really, I really thought that, um, and this is just, you know, made up headcanon stuff that you, you kind of think about when you watch the episode. I was like, well, is Metatron, like, reaching out to some of the monsters? Like, did he get a shifter? in to like pretend to be Castiel and then like convince people to do this weird shit because that's fucking like evil. That's some evil shit, right? Mm-hmm, like that's, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that does not end up being what's happening, but, and that's fine too. But yeah, what I, I mean, were you kind of in doubt on Castiel on this at all? I, I always trusted Cass. I think I, I don't know if it's just his, his general demeanor. Like I just, I thought that maybe, yes, somebody in his camp could be doing something wrong. I think at a certain point I did suspect, Oh, this is Metatron's doing. This is part of his grand scheme. Um, but I no, I don't think I ever thought it was Cass. I don't know if I ever would have thought it was Cass. Or maybe I'm just 
distracted by the fact that I know we, we have a greater threat in front of us, and that's Dean going dark side. Oh, man. Dean going dark side. Sam's going to be so happy and so sad Sam, at the same time. He's like, I fucking told this guy. I told him what would I happen. T- Ma, I told him! <laughs> what do you mean your brother's going dark side? I can't do a Boston <laughs> accent, so I'm not even... I, don't even, I can uh, barely do it either. <laughs> I have one. Uh, we go back over to Sam and Dean, who have found the door to heaven. Uh, it's just a, it's a door at the end of this hallway. It's backlit with this angelic light. Before Sam can even say, like, booby trap, Castiel just runs right off through it. Uh, and they go into this small room that's decorated like a like a shitty snack bar at your high school prom uh, mm-hmm. with weird, like, cherubic angels everywhere and uh, a note that says, uh, welcome to your own personal heaven, Castiel. Good luck finding the real one. And bum, bum, bum. So this was all a setup for Metatron. They turn around and see the very burned body of the angel that they've been chasing. Sam quickly puts together that this guy got home alone. They left a somebody left a bucket of holy oil on top of the door, and then when he walked through, it lit up a like a like a like a hand burner type thing. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't remember what they called it. Torches, um, like a like a torch, blue torch. So obviously, this was all set up by Metatron. They're all pop culture references. Um, what I I I know that Metatron does a lot of reading that he was like the scribe of God. And when we first meet him, he is surrounded by stacks of book, but I, books, but I can't help but feel he's only seen Lord of the Rings and hasn't read them. <laughs> um, that's just the vibe that I get. He's never guy. read the material that home alone is based on, right? He's only watched the <laughs> he's movie. He's never read the source novels. No, no, no he's no. never read T.S. Eliot's home alone series. <laughs> he doesn't even know that that home alone is only the title of the first book in the series. And that the second book is called a clash of homes. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is like are you fucking serious you did it again yeah. a, a storm of homes i'm pretty sure we watched uh home alone 2 at our last christmas session like our last christmas oh, hangout wow. and uh it's very you weird you guys make it to a, a a feast for homes we made it for a feast for homes where uh <laughs> where <laughs> where macaulay stark gets beheaded uh-huh. um uh man what this, those are weird movies donald trump is in home alone 2 for some reason yeah that's bizarre um so this dude wakes up the angel wakes up and um he's talking to castiel and says uh that metatron promised him that he could get home obviously that didn't work out too well uh and castiel goes to heal him but he doesn't let him and he looks at castiel and he says i'll look at you in the eyes and i don't see an angel staring back uh i I can't follow you i didn't want to follow you i feel like you're doing the wrong thing and then he dies and castiel is a little bit torn up about this yeah, that's that's some real talk. That wasn't just like that wasn't some shit talk. He's he, he said some real stuff there. I I look at you and I don't see like I don't see the future that I want. That's it's pretty harsh. We go back to Dean and Tessa. Uh they take a mm-hmm. moment to kind of reminisce about their adventures together and then Dean says like, "Hey, why are you doing this? And don't don't tell me that because Castiel told you. What what is the real reason you're putting, you know, your life into this that you're willing to sacrifice yourself?" And she says that um, she can't take the screaming of the lost souls anymore. These are the souls that passed away that should have gone to heaven, but because Metatron shut the doors to heaven, they were just sitting around and screaming, and she's supposed to be able to help them. That's what she was created to do. That's her entire purpose for existing, and she's unable to. So every day she suffers. 
and she said, you know, I've, I got to feeling like maybe death wouldn't wouldn't be so bad. And when Castiel gave me gave that death purpose, I jumped at it. Um, um I like I like this. Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. thought line. If I finally kind of explained, okay, this is what Tess is doing here. Like sh- her whole thing is is having souls pass over, and we know from earlier in the season that like there are souls like Kevin who are just like trapped in between. Um, they can't pass on. There's nowhere to go. They're just, they're, they're stuck. Um, and I can see that like taking a toll on, on Reapers. I mean, I guess just Reapers must still be bringing people to hell, right? I don't know how any of this works. They changed Reapers on us. So it's, it's hard to tell. Well, and that's, that's, that was actually, was part of the question I was about to ask you is like, obviously souls are getting into hell, no problem. But, um, and I guess Metatron isn't worried about like that soul currency that we kind of were worried about back in season six or, or what have you. Um, but is our only reapers like are only some angels considered reapers and can only reapers hear and like perform these tasks? I don't uh, know. Like are all of the other angels just hearing the lost soul screaming all of the time and just being like, nah, man, I got earplugs in like, let's, let's go to the bowling alley with the nugs or like, what are I we doing? <laughs> I, I don't, I just hate that they, they, they tried to blend these things and I'm just yes. going to ignore it. I'm going to yeah. ignore that it exists and she's just a different person who got roped into this under under the you know a false pretense obviously but she got roped into it um and yeah you know what this is uh i, w- I was talking to my, my pal steve today in uh in real life and we I, w- I said which episode we were covering for the podcast and he said that this is around the time that he stopped watching the show i think he finished the season and then that was it uh because he was tired of them bringing characters back just to to throw them out again sure uh, and i was like yeah I, I, I can feel you on that because they bring Tess back and, and what do they do with her? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, they kill her. They they, they do the same thing they do, they do with all of these characters. They just kind of waste her. Uh, I and this is the scene. So like she says that there's many more of like her out there, but it's not she's not going to tell him who they are. And Dean pulls out the first blade. And of course, she's surprised that Dean has done this to himself. And she's what have you done? And he said, I've done what I have to do. And she goes, well, then you understand what I have done then. And um, instead of what I thought was going to happen, which was we're going to get this real gruesome torture scene, she she kind of like falls into his arms and stabs herself with the first blade, killing herself. Um, and of course, this makes a bunch of noise. The angels run in and see, see it and immediately blame Dean and uh, tie him to a chair and put some duct tape over his mouth, which is probably like why the Winchesters never have tape over their mouths when they get tied to a chair. Like these angels are very smart. Good job, guys. Yeah. They got their um, shit together. It's not going to last very long, but they got it together. Yeah, Tessa dies, uh, and I am super sad about it. I I, I wish you know, I, and I I you know kind of agree with Steve's assessment. Bringing back characters for like <laughs> five minutes is uh, that's the first time I've ever said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bringing back characters for five or ten minutes and then just just to kill them for, because it's impactful because you knew them um, is is kind of a frustrating thing. And I really mm-hmm. liked Tessa, like when she shows up in season two, episode one. I think that's one of the best episodes of Supernatural. Like, I, I love how that unfolds, and I love. I think part that. of that, yeah, it's 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 such a deep cut. You yeah, know, she's mm-hmm. she's from the old days, and if for for me and Steve when we watched the show together for the first time, we or we watched these first seasons many times together. We would be hanging out all the time, and these seasons felt like something very real to us. You know, the mm-hmm. the those first five seasons, even just the first like two, really, there was just something so solid and real about that that every character like Tessa or any of these other random one episode characters felt like strong, real people that we had come to know because we, you know, had become so familiar with those episodes. 
So to see her again these years later is exciting. And then to have her um, unceremoniously killed is, is you know, because it's not even like Dean, like purposefully steps forward and kills her. It's almost like it's an accident. Um, it's definitely, not, she, I mean, it's not an accident. She, she does it on purpose. Like she, right. she kills herself with the first blade before he can really react. Not that I would want Dean to kill her, but it would at least serve a purpose of Dean of, you know, if Dean had been like actively just killed her rather than any beating around the bush in any way. And we would just go, holy shit. Dean is like, I mean, if we needed any more reason to believe it, Dean has, has totally succumbed to the blade. The Tess has always been a friend basically. And if he's, you know, just so carelessly tossed her aside, then, then we know that the, the blade has irrevocably tri- changed him. Um, but that's not even really the case. It just, she just, she comes back, she's barely in the episode and then she dies. That's it. Um, and she hasn't really done a whole lot. The actress hasn't done a whole lot. I was just looking it up to see if they, maybe she's popped up in other stuff that I've seen and she hasn't really done a whole lot since then. So bummer. That, that's a bummer for everybody. Um, Castiel and Sam arrive. Uh, Castiel immediately uh, rushes the other angels out of the room and doesn't listen to him and frees Dean. Um, and they start, of course, you know, Sam is super mad about the first blade thing and Dean's just kind of just not even acknowledging his feelings, like just kind of blowing him off. Uh, they yell at each other a little bit, but Hannah interrupts and says that, Hey, you've got a phone call and it's Metatron. And then everybody walks outside for a good old fashioned cosmic Skype call. I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know that I like this more than I would like him force ghost projecting himself into mm-hmm. angel HQ or whatever. Uh, but like the idea that he's got fucking Skype on a MacBook Pro in heaven that he is calling from, I, I guess he yeah. could be on Earth on an Earth office it or would something. Be cool but if, it's if it was just like he beamed himself onto the TVs or something, like yeah. took control, or like we heard some like that radio hiss, like the high pitched mm-hmm. sound, and then you know Metatron is there, and it shows that he's got some power, and he literally just took over, and not like oh let me get you on Skype real quick. I would have also, and I guess this does it a little bit, uh, but it, I would have also preferred to have um, that happen as just a like a, to pull the rug out from underneath all of these angels who thought that they were fighting this war and making all of these plans. And oh no, actually, Metatron knows exactly where you are and can appear yeah. at any time. Like I would have almost also, preferred that. Yeah, and I would have preferred if he wasn't just only clothed from the waist up. You know. Yeah, that um, was a weird choice that he, they, he didn't have any pants on, but still, it was socks and shoes. Very weird. Socks you, and shoes. What happened? And Sam, Sam was sitting there nodding, like because that's how you know that's his style. Yeah, that's but, how he gets uh, down. Nope, he he comes nope home from a, a long hunt, and he takes off the pants, puts on the socks and shoes, and sits down in front of the Xbox and has a nice socks night. and shoes, t-shirt, uh, no pants, no underwear. Um, he's just free as a bird, you know what I mean? But uh, so he, I know, I know that he was a little bit surprised probably to see Metatron because Metatron, I mean, he's on Skype. He's like, you can only see me from the waist up, but then Gad walks in, he bumps the camera, and it's a whole thing. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. we've all been there. And I just feel like if he if he had, you know, projected himself onto their TVs or something that there wouldn't have been a camera mishap because it would have been more of like a a power thing. Really? I mean, you really you forget how easy it is just to have a camera mishap when you're a cosmic being that's aspiring to be God. So, like, it's just the little things that will really trip you up. Um, So. Metatron spends some time insulting Castiel. He uh, he trots out the the old fashioned Astiel just to make fun of Castiel some more. Um, Got him. He and says this is that, again, uh, Sam's patting him on the back because they're friends now. They're good yeah, friends now. And he's like, he doesn't need friends. 
He doesn't mean it, dude. Don't listen to him. Um, there's a little hug, like a little, like a little one yeah. arm to like squeeze in this tiny person into my shoulder. Um, they're kind of like the losers club right now. <laughs> they're definitely like, the B team, right? Like, dude doesn't give a shit about them anymore. They're, so they're, just... they're the director and uh, original composer for Dark Souls Two from Software. Like, that's the, wow, it's okay. the B team. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Metatron says that he survived the vicious attack sent by Castiel. Castiel tries to like deny it, but it, he kind of overruns him. Uh, Gadriel was injured, and Tyrus, not Tyrone, Tyrus was this angel, was the bowling angel. Uh, let's still call him Tyrone, though. R.I.P. Tyrone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Tyrus yeah. is dead. And of course, his, fo- his followers are not super happy with Castiel. And Metatron says that um, he's, that he's, you know, he's a good guy. He, he may have started a little rough but uh he's 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 offering amnesty to everybody and i think this is where dean chimes in like sure your mother Teresa with a neck beard or, or something like that which is a good line um and metatron basically says yeah like if anybody who wants to come back i will uh i will give them amnesty you, i will be their god they will be their his followers and his host and uh in the meantime they can ask castiel about all of those bombings and about his stolen grace hmm. Hmm. Castillo's like, uh, first of all, if any of y'all are gonna go over there, ask him to put some freaking pants on. Second of all, you guys don't understand this. I wish, I honestly, in this moment, I wish that Castiel had been like, yeah, uh, Metatron stole my grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to remind everybody that Metatron jabbed me in the neck and sucked out my angel grace while he yeah. wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> I just want everyone yeah. to picture that in their head. In their head, he had his shirt on. He had his cardigan on. He had his messy hair and his fun scruff and his little glasses. Does he wear glasses? I, I imagine that he does. Um, he he had his loafers on, his thick wool socks, but his penis and his testicles were exposed because he wasn't wearing pants or underwear. And he sucked <laughs> my grace out. Oh man, uh, I take take that image. Yeah, I drink I don't, it in. I don't like it. Drink it in, listener. Um, this is what you come to the to monster of the week for you could go he, elsewhere but you came here and this is what you get you know what you're getting you know i'm trying listeners for. i'm trying to move us along and he won't leave, he won't leave the no pants joke alone um he so metatron talks directly to the to the angels and says like hey you really need to ask you ask yourselves what castiel cares about because castiel only cares about himself and the winchesters and he signs off and then like all of the angels just leave they're like hey is this true and he's like nothing about that is true except for the grace uh 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 and he just does a very poor castiel job then punish dean and he's like uh no yeah and they like hold on to dean but of course castiel's not going to kill him for quote-unquote yeah. justice right i wish and, that castiel had been like dean what you did was bad you're uh no pie for a week yeah and i wish you know walked over and like bopped him on the head and teleported him to a mcdonald's or something and been yeah. like i'm gonna be kill like, him with, with 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 bad fast food yeah if you guys knew how much dean loved pie you'd know that i really really got him good this time Oh man, poor Dean. He's gonna die an early death if he doesn't keep getting healed by Castiel. Yeah, that's true. Um, so everybody leaves. Uh, Metatron. We go back to his office, and he is bragging to Gadriel about how well all of this worked out. Uh, that the bombers. This is where we learn that the bombers were his elite unit. Um, and that he doesn't really care about any of this, any of the the people that sacrificed themselves along the way. So specifically, the uh, the the guy that got burned with the angel oil, um, 
Gadril is pretty unhappy about this. He's like, I can't believe you would do this. And Metatron goes into this very long-winded old writer's trick, flipping the script mm-hmm. metaphor that just feels like it just goes on forever. Uh, yeah, I hate all of his metaphors, but this plan, as far as it, that goes, it's very sinister. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm for it. You know, it worked out really well in, in, for a villain. Uh, it does remind me of how far we've come from our origins of the Americana driving down the road fighting ghosts. Now you get <laughs> angel suicide bombers, and it's a whole thing. Uh, and we have I, a fake I, god bragging about the angel suicide yeah. bombers to another angel that you know let the the snake into the garden. My heart will never stop weeping. Just just that little bit um, for the old days. But this, you know, I'm fine. This is this is quite the the malicious scheme he's planned. And I was like, okay, okay, Metatron. All right. Yeah, I could please stop I can, talking, but all right, and put some pants on, but all right. I can get behind this uh as a plan. I do still despise a lot about Metatron. Like his 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 closing line here is something about while everyone else is playing checkers, I'm playing Monopoly and I always put a hotel on boardwalk mm-hmm. and I'm like, nobody mm-hmm. likes playing Monopoly. Like it's the first board game that you ever yeah. play with your family that makes you realize maybe I can hate my family. Like maybe nobody I can <laughs> hate <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Monopoly teaches you how to hate people that you love. That's all Monopoly uh-huh. is good for. And teaching you that capitalism is bullshit. Like if you can and get I, that I lesson, so. expected him to say everyone is playing checkers chess. and I'm playing chess. Yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. that's that old nugget, but then he goes for Monopoly. Uh, uh, the, the Boston Nuggets like, every- are with Met- Met- Metatron now, by the way. All the, all the Boston Nuggets are, are with yeah, Metatron. Yeah, the Boston Nuggets, so. they joined up. Um, and he... Um, this finger-crossing he, bullshit? Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, when he uh, laces his fingers together and like looks at the camera and smiles in this malevolent, but still extremely nerdy fashion that I hate? So. It's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. I don't know. The finger-crossing thing was very... It was over the top. Maybe they want it to be over the top. You know, Maybe, maybe they're trying to lean into it. Uh, we go over to the Impala. Um, everybody is super quiet, not talking to each other. Uh, we arrive at the bunker. Uh, it's obvious that Castiel is like moving his shit from Angel HQ. <laughs> he had to call Tyrone <laughs> to come get his shit because he's got to leave yeah, the Angel HQ. Yeah. Um, and uh, as they're walking in, Sam says, "Are we going to talk about this?" And Dean says, "No, we're not going to talk about this because you were being an infant. I'm not apologizing. I'm telling you the way it will be. This is no longer a." This is no longer a something. It's a it's it's a dictatorship, and I'm calling the shots. It's no longer a team. I'm it's a dictatorship, and I'm calling the shots. Um, and Sam, I really expected Sam to just walk the fuck out of the bunker and just say like I'm out. Like I'll I will fuck off with all of this. But uh, instead, he just goes into his room and probably cries in his darks or something. I don't I don't know what Sam yeah, is doing. Uh, it was a whole thing. Um, it reminded me, of course, when Sam had his demon powers, and he wanted to keep pushing down that path. And because of their their roles and the, their relationship as brothers, um, Sam was doing what he was doing, always seeking approval from Dean or otherwise just trying to hide it because he didn't want to be shamed by Dean. Um, and I think a lot of the audience um, were obviously against Sam. I mean, that's that's normal because he was doing bad stuff here because of the role that they're in. There's not any sort of. Dean trying to convince Sam that what Dean is doing is right. He's just like, I don't fucking care what you think. I, I, I'm in control and that's it. If you don't like it, who gives a shit? Um, which, I mean, that's a, that's a manifestation of their relationship. Yeah. How does power affect them? When Sam got power, he desperately wanted Dean's approval, and when he didn't get it, he went behind his back. 
Dean is just right on the open of it. Like, if you don't like it, I don't give a shit. It's not, yeah. it's not my problem. Um, Dean, so Dean is his father's son in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it always sh- comes up when there is this power imbalance, whenever he thinks Sam is weak or whether, uh, you know, Dean is going through his own kind of bullshit or, or what have you. He definitely takes to just overruling Sam and like, this is it. This is, this is your life now. Like, welcome, yeah. welcome to this thing that I'm doing. Um, Sam leaves Castiel and Dean talk a little bit, uh, and which I think is kind of a nice moment. Dean's like, you know, how long would your angel grace hold out? And Castiel's like, I, I have no idea. Dean, you, you don't really believe that I did any of this. And Dean's like, no way, man, there's no way that you did this, which is a, a, like as, as, as much as I expected Dean to be like, I don't know, you're a freak or something like that. Like, I'm glad we have this, this calm moment between the two of them. And then yeah. there's this great line of Castiel asking, you really believe we three will be enough? And Dean says, we always have been. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's a nice sentiment, but like, you, yeah. you, keep, you keep yelling at your friends. It's a, it would it's have been a nice, a nice it's moment. A, it's a nice moment, but it's not true. It's like when it's like when your dad is like, I've always been there for you. And you're like, mm, do you remember third grade? Yeah, you, <laughs> you, left, you left me on the sidewalk. You're supposed to pick yeah. me up after school. I was there till 7 p.m. <laughs> this would be very touching if it was coming from Sam. Like a Sam trying to save face or like pretend like things were going to be okay to Castillo. Like, you know, Dean walks out of the room after saying what he said and he says, are we going to be enough? And Sam says, we always have been um, because they're in the back seat to whatever's happening with Dean. And I think that that would have been like, you know, uh, a commiserating moment between them, but hearing it from Dean, you know, you want to believe it, but like at this point he just means I'm going to be enough. I'm going to do this. Uh, so yeah, Dean's Dean's becoming something else. Uh, and then, as a surprise shock at the end of the episode, uh, Sam yells out, and he says, I'm not wearing any pants. Everybody turns around, and sure enough, he's fully socked and shoot up, but he's not wearing any pants. He's just got mm-hmm. boxers down there. Um, and also, Gadriel has walked into the bunker. Yeah. Uh, so much for the... I know, I know Gadriel, like, knows where it is or whatever, but, like, aren't there protections on this bad boy? Like, he just was opened a- the door. The fucking... The bi- bi- biker boys were outside. There was and they were like, hey, what's up? That they yeah. had to dig up a wizard to get to get into this bunker. And now, it's fucking, true. it's open season. It's like they installed a fucking turnstile at the front of this thing. Well, the bikers were hanging out out front, mm-hmm, and they, mm-hmm. kept, they kept taking leaks in like the bushes and it was causing all sorts of trouble. So Dean gave one of them a key and he's like, listen guys, like you can go inside, you can take a leak. Like it's, it's no big deal. So just remember the guest bathroom only pours uh, cool water, cologne and Dracon Noir. Yeah, don't so. wash your hands. Don't wash your hands <laughs> or, or wash your hands. You, you smell like shit. Like, please. Oh, true. Please, please. All you bikers put a bunch of cool water, cologne on. Uh, no, Gad, Gadriel is here and uh, yeah. he says he, he wants to leave Metatron. He tells them about the bombers and confirms that, which is, you know, a relief for Castiel. And he, he knows that he's done a lot of wrong things and he knows he's, he's done a lot of bad, but he wants to give them a chance. And there's this moment where we see Dean look at him and then kind of walk over and you're expecting some sort of violence, but instead he extends his hand for a handshake. And then we go into this uh, extreme slow motion thing. And I'm not actually a fan of supernatural slow motion, but I got to say, this is a, this was a pretty good one that set up a lot of tension and uh, Dean grabs the first blade and then whirls. And of course, Castiel and Sam see this and they both spring into action and he's able to slice Gadriel across the chest. For some reason, he opts not to go for the stab, but for the slash, probably mm-hmm. because Gadriel has to be in the last episode. Um, but he's <laughs> able to slash open the, the this dude's chest while uh, Dean, excuse me, while Castiel and Sam hold him back, and Dean goes into 
full feral mood. Like he yeah, he's in rabid dog mode, snarling. Right. He's 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 red in the face. He's super practically angry. foaming at the mouth. Practically, he's Cujo. He's the Cujo. Yeah. Vers- he's Cujo exclamation point Dean. Write that fanfic, yeah. everybody. And this is where like this is we're there now. Whatever mm-hmm. we've been building to that that feels like we're there. Um, even the calculated handshake, it just like. It wasn't. It wasn't just the the calculated handshake and then the stab. Well, I've got you. It was like the just the ferocious attack, and that's why it's the slash and the wound on Gadriel looks cool. It's like the the blue slice across his chest. Um, yeah, it uh, it it's intense and it works. And we just end with them trying to hold the rabid dog back. And that's it. We end. That's our episode. Um, that's that's it. Some some trivia, by the way. Um, this I don't know why the Supernatural Wiki does this, but if you're reading some trivia about a, an episode in season nine, it'll just randomly drop stuff from season thirteen in. So apparently, some of this debate between Reapers and Angels gets solved in season thirteen. So, oh. <laughs> got that to look forward to. And um, I don't know if you remember the the name of this episode was Stairway to Heaven. Uh, that is actually a reference to the classic rock song Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Just in case you know you missed that one. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Um. I like this episode overall. Um, I I know we 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 ripped into it a little bit about the the violence towards women and things like that, but I actually think in context it makes sense. It was yeah, just a little too real for me. Critiquing it, that's yeah, all. exactly. Not, not ripping it apart. Um, that's that's a much better expression for that. I may have um, belabored it a little bit because I'm always um I'm bad at, at getting my point across. You'd think that I'd be better at it doing 130 episodes of a podcast, but um no. um but i like this descent into madness that we're seeing with Mm -hmm. dean i like Mm -hmm. that castiel and sam get to hang out uh i think some of the pop culture references are so dumb and kind of show like the maybe some sort of limit of imagination with metatron that i'm hoping we get we get to see more Mm -hmm. of in the final episode and um yeah i just i like this overall i'm curious to see where this gadriel business is going to end up Mm-hmm. I'm 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 into this episode. This is a good penultimate yeah. episode. Definitely. Um, I remember I think being into the next episode, but you know what I realized? I've just I I was digging back through my memory, thinking about when I watched season nine. I didn't watch this episode the night it came out. I watched it the day after, and I got it fully spoiled. Oh. Um, that's supernatural Twitter for you. Uh, I have, I know everything that happens in season thirteen and fourteen because you just can't you can't escape Twitter. So that's my that's my problem. I got to lock that shit down so that I don't continue to have things spoiled i have um most of season 13 spoiled for me now uh but i think i've missed out on a lot of season 14 conversation now that that's on netflix and like we changed our discord channels around to to include season 14 into like the general conversation uh i i feel i feel like i'm going to learn more about that but it's you know in the any in those conversations there's a lot of stuff out of context and i'm like right what right. is any right. of this talking about i remember seeing a a a gif of the final moment of yes. this season. Yeah. What a bummer going around. And yeah. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> that, I did not get that. Cause I, I had checked out of most supernatural stuff. Um, yeah. like I, I was, I wasn't checking the threads very often or, or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I had, I, I just remember calling Alden and be like, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like, I don't, I don't care about this. I'm, I'm on a work trip. Please leave me alone. Okay. Thank you, Autumn. I'm sorry. Thanks, I love you. Bye. Thanks. Sorry, Autumn. <laughs> um so yeah i think any last thoughts you want to you want to wrap this bad boy up or do you have some things to uh, talk about i'm excited i'm excited yeah i'm excited as well uh thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody for uh that's been writing to us on twitter and 
talking to us about th- their experience listening to the podcast. That's that's hugely appreciated. Um, which I just I can't tell you how yeah. awesome that is and amazing that people are still finding it. And like I binged all of 120 episodes in like four months, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's a lot of Jeremy and Chris in your ear all day long. Uh, but yeah, thank you I so so much. Saturday morning or something, Jeremy, you sent me a screenshot of something nice that somebody had sent us. And mm-hmm. I'm looking like I wake up and I look at my phone and I'm smiling and she's and Jess wakes up at the same time. She goes, you're talking to Jeremy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> she, she sees that look on my called face. Called so out. I called out. At least it wasn't something I said. At least it was something some stranger said about people are really that. sweet to us sometimes. Yes, and we yes. really, really appreciate that. Um, if you want to be even sweeter to us, uh, feel free to send us nice thoughts. Uh, feel free to recommend the podcast to all of your supernatural friends. You can also, uh, donate directly at patreon.com slash monster of the week. So you can get a bunch of cool stuff like access to the aforementioned discord and cool new podcasts that we're doing. Uh, we're getting close. We're probably about a month away from launching our, our longer form podcast that will have its own name and everything. So similar Mm -hmm, to don't mm -hmm. give up space cowboy. It'll be focused on a particular series, uh, and I'm very excited to get started on that. Same. Uh, we will be back next week with the, and this is the quote for the episode, uh, the shocking season finale. And um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> until then, everybody, remember, pants off, shoes on. At a certain point, I looked up if there was a term for that, and I got some strange Google results. Uh, no I can imagine you got some really weird. <laughs> but what, uh, there's the got to be a style re- for that, right? The third result was like, what to wear to court? And I was like, well, not this. Nah, I definitely don't want to do that, Marv. <laughs> not that outfit. Oh, All right. Man. All right. What are we at? 129. Ooh. Are we not using the Discord channel anymore? Hello? Chris? Chris, what are you doing? Hello? Did you start a call with me and then hang up and switch to a different channel? Is that what just happened? Yeah, I mean, you sound like a, like a full-on lawnmower right now, but I can hear you. I sound like a lawnmower? Is that a good sound? A good sound? Hello. I know you're there. I can I can hear some chirping, but it's um it's Dyson. It's Dyson. Hello. Hold on. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's a robot. That's a robot for sure. Confirmed. Let's try it. Let's try going direct. Is this any better? It's the same. Maybe it's me. I mean, I can I can hear you clearly, and it's saying I have a good signal. Let me let me try rebooting Discord. Hey, mm. oh, hey, oh, uh? hey, uh, say something else. <laughs> hey, if you're really Jeremy, prove it.
<laughs> Tell me something that only Jeremy would know. Uh, I, 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 I'm panicking. I have no idea what it would be. Uh, I don't like know any you. secrets. That sounds like you. Okay, good. <laughs> is this better? All right. am, I, am I a robot? This still? is good. Yeah, you're not robot anymore. Okay. Whew. What's so. up, my dude? <laughs> not that just chilling. Uh, what's up with you? I was uh doing a little gaming. Oh hell yeah! I checked out. Um, that, I've been wanted to. That's, I why, wanted to that's why they call me Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I I gotta go. All right, bye. Got him. Got him. <laughs> gotta go. Uh, I checked out City Skylines, that that ancient game, because I wanted yeah. to do like a, a city manager game. Um, I almost bought it yesterday for like. I don't know what the full price is. I already forgot. It's between 20 and 40 bucks. I don't know. Uh, on Steam. And then today I saw that it was on sale on PSN for like 12 bucks. So uh, play that very briefly. Do you still have a, get a Game more. Pass thing? Are you, are you still doing Game Pass? What the fuck does that even mean? Oh, I thought you had a Game Pass subscription on, on your Xbox. Oh, on Xbox. No, no, no. I, my Xbox is in my closet. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like it? I've been curious about that game for a long time. I actually, I mean, I only got, I only got a little bit into it, but I'm, I'm feel like it's, it's clicking like pretty quickly, which is good. I just started playing void heroes. Ooh, what is that? I bet it's a roguelike. It is. As a matter of fact, (laughs) how did you guess? Um, it's a first person shooter where, uh, you assume the role of one of millions of dehydrated prisoners who have uh who are are trying to put together a or some robot AI thing is trying to put together something to get you across this nebula. So you go from you start on a ship, you have a certain amount of food, a certain amount of fuel, you have some pretty dinky weapons. Uh you fly from star to star and at each star there's usually a ship that you can board and you explore the ship and get all of its loot kill some enemies and try to get some upgrade parts to make your stuff better. What is this called? And Void? Void heroes. Hero. And then, um, and then you die and you lose all that stuff that you just grabbed unless you get it back to the ship and then you try to keep going. So. Interesting. It's got a really neat art style. Like it's, it's full on like uh cell shaded comic book look like the whole thing is like presented to you as if it was a comic book page. That's cool, but it's first person, huh? Yeah, yeah. Not what I would have expected for that kind of game. Interesting. Yeah, it's been... I've only only played it for like... I think I've only done three runs or so. Um, but it's pretty cool. Like, it's got a, it's got a good sense of humor. I don't, I don't know how long I'll stick to it. It seems... It'll depend on how well I do on the progression. But mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it was kind of fun, and it was free on Game Pass. So ah. I just, it's brand new, and it's just on Game Pass, so I can just download that shit and play it, and I didn't have to buy it. Hell yeah! Um, hey, we don't even have outtakes on this podcast, do we? No, but I can. I'll save all of this. Like, if you want to talk about Death Stranding, we can do that. And I'll just put it in next week's Monster of the Week. What do you have to say about Death Stranding, sir? Dude, fucking Death Stranding! <laughs> that game it's looks a video crazy. Game now. It's a video. It game. It is. Now. It is. A, I saw video game stuff in that trailer. It's a nine-minute trailer. That's fucking yeah, insane. It sure is. It sure is. It's the out art house version of Metal Gear Solid. Um. There's so many elements to that trailer that really surprised me with how 
Metal Gear they were. And then I just made me realize like, oh, he's been he's been he's been doing his same shit for years. Back at it again, which is a good thing. I, I enjoy his his brand of bullshit, Kojima's brand of bullshit. So um yeah, my excitement is, is slowly getting bigger because when it was first announced, I was excited because I'm like, oh new Kojima thing. And ever since then I've just been like, what? <laughs> like very confused. Um and and yeah, now I uh, I feel like it looks like a real video game. It comes out on my birthday. I thought it came out on my 28th birthday, but uh, shocker to find out that no, it's actually my 29th birthday and I'm already 28. Uh, so, you know, I feel like I got to play it. <laughs> um, I've been struggling to figure out why this game is getting me hype versus like with with my kind of known like just skipping of all of the Metal Gear Solid games. And I think it's because uh, this is something brand new. Like by the time I got around to Metal Gear Solid, it was already pretty deep into it. Like I think the fourth one had come out by the time I tried the first one. Um, at least three of them have tried, had come out. And then like by the time that I really got my teeth into uh, five, like all of those games have been released. And like the mm-hmm. things that people talk about were like, oh, that story is garbage and it's, it's crazy and it's over the top and you can't understand anything and nano machines and big boss and all of these random like proper nouns. Like we were kind of talking about uh, a few weeks ago um, with, with fantasy novels. Uh, but this feels like brand new and it feels like I'll like learn about this along with everybody else. And maybe that's why I'm like more into this kind mm-hmm. of idea. I don't hey, know. It's all about connecting people, man. It's all about connecting people as if they were threads. As if they were strandings. Although death stranding, I forgot. I looked this up originally. Um, and I, I was reminded of it again. Death Stranding is when animals, like sea creatures, throw themselves up on the shore and die. And there's no explanation for why they do it. It just, it's a natural phenomena. Yeah, that's, I mean, there were giant whales floating around the air in that trailer, Chris. So who the so fuck knows we what's doing some shit. We do, I'm, I'm yeah. obviously from what we saw, it sounds like you're going to be dealing with both like the living realm and then like the realm of the dead. Uh, looks like all like the war and everything is just like happening in in hell, um, which is interesting and and cool. If there is just like a perpetual war being fought in like an alternative like death realm or something, I don't know. Um, but what I, I think I said that this to you, I texted you ramifications on our world, right? Like that's the right. that's the real cool part about that. Um, and there's time rain <laughs> that makes <laughs> oh, things age. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's time rain. I guess that's why they have to wear the suits because if they get touched by time rain, then they age rapidly. Maybe that's why they need incubator babies to suck the youth out of them or something. Yeah. Who or knows? Bridge it's going to be wild. That's what they called them, right? Bridge, bridge babies. babies. Yeah. That's yeah. what, uh, yeah, that's what I was when I was, I don't know. Do you get the, uh, the same feeling? Like I told you that, um, Autumn was getting out of the trailer. It was like, that's definitely Mads Mikkelsen and I'm not going to be able to see him as, as anything else. Like, does, is that distracting to you to have like, fully uh, Norman Reedus is like definitely that? Norman Reedus is definitely distracting. Cause he's, uh, he, he talks. Yeah. We're going to have to restore America. That's not like a Norman Reedus impression, but like the way that he mumbles his words is very interesting. So like without the subtitles, I don't think I could have understood what he was saying in parts of that trailer. I, I just remember back. like it's it's weird that that dude's so famous because like I know he got famous from The Walking Dead but I just remember like when Boondock Saints was every everybody's favorite movie for a couple mm-hmm. of years and then people were like oh wait maybe that's maybe that movie is actually super problematic and we shouldn't like it yeah <laughs> um yeah they definitely at every like 
uh, book fair that I ever went to in college or high school because book fairs are a thing. There was always you could always buy a Boondock Saints poster because those oh, are yeah. just hot sellers, you know. That's like going to the state fair and getting one of those like mirror plates with the Metallica logo on them or something. Like it's just <laughs> it's just it was just everywhere. Like you just can find them. Yeah. What else are you gonna do drugs off of? <laughs> Seriously, I just put them on my like shelf i thought they were cool i didn't know people did drugs off them yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. if i had known that i would have thought they were much cooler i, I know somebody who has a uh i think it's a van halen one or something yeah i definitely had a guns and roses one like I, oh I yeah of course you remember did. The, the, the appetite for destruction lo- logo being on some shitty glass mirror thing how um, would you have felt if the um death stranding trailer had used a uh gnr song instead of the whatever they used Chris, I have the power of the MacBook Pro ahead of me. <laughs> I can do that in about. I can make that happen for you in about thirty minutes, depending on how much I wanted to, like, how much time I wanted to spend on. Uh, number one, like picking out the music, because mm-hmm. I think like maybe a "Don't Cry" t- would probably work with that, uh-huh. with, since everybody is crying in that trailer. Listen, it comes uh, out on on my birthday, which is basically like your sister birthday. It's true. It's true. In our birthday month. So you got to set it to November rain. It's about the same length as the trailer. It's about, yeah. If you cut off the rad like, exit from November rain, it would probably yeah. just, I bet if you just dropped it in too, like I did for that stupid game of Thrones thing that I did, yeah. with, uh, the supernatural song. Um, I bet if I just literally dropped it off, that would be fucking, I might do that, Chris. I might, I might actually <laughs> do that after the podcast. I mean, why not? Right? Like why, why not? We only live once. We only live once. You only get to cry in the rain once more dumb shit on the internet are you have you pre-ordered yet are you going to pre-order it are you doing the 200 dollar no uh, edition? the incubator baby uh frightens me i didn't realize Despite it was the... a lamp oh it's a lamp oh okay that's even scarier it's a it's a working lamp and i have to know if um if you can change the bulb in it and if i could put a phillips hue bulb so that i could say hey siri turn on the fetus lamp and the fetus <laughs> lamp would light up and Siri literally just picked Siri, it up. she just turned on. It's very frightening. <laughs> Sorry about that. My Siri doesn't respond to my voice, but every time I try to like pause my headphones at work, instead of pausing the music, Siri just comes on. And I'm like, no, wait, I, how is this happening? Yeah, you got to hit the other button. I only got one button on my headphones. There should be there should be at least two, huh? Yeah, there's well, there's volume up and down, and then there's pause play or whatever. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm just hitting it wrong. Who knows? I don't remember if I told you this, but uh, when we went to see Endgame, uh, my father-in-law turned his phone on airplane mode, um, but didn't turn it on. Um, he listens to this podcast too, so shout outs to Mark for <laughs> for me embarrassing him on the internet right now. But uh, he turned it on airplane mode, but I guess forgot to turn the the silent switch on so at some point like tony stark is talking and it triggers his siri and his siri is like yells to the theater (laughs) like i don't have any internet (laughs) i don't have any internet alert Uh, alert that's great (laughs) it's it's just eggs uh i wonder if i I could could probably get uh siri just to refer to me as castiel right i'm yeah out of no sweat yeah that seems like an easy thing to do that way I can scream out, where's Kaz? And my phone will start talking to me for when I lose I'll be like, uh, you're right here. <laughs> it's right. You're right there, sir. You're right there. Do you want to do a, a podcast on some bebop? Hello. 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 
Hi. How, uh, hi. How, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I am uh, hi. researching <laughs> ovens and having a bad time of it. Cool. I'm um, researching that ass. What? Whoa. Trying to get up Whoa. in it? Trying to get up in that ass? <laughs> I don't know. I brap, don't know. Brap indeed, what, my good sir. What What energy am I bringing to this? Uh-oh. <laughs> I um, I was I had I got some food and I I got a uh, like a steak Caesar wrap thing. It was very good. I just remembered, however, that as I took my first bite, the last time that I ate this, uh, it was about a week or two ago. I I took a big old bite and then that that little that little thing I got in my mouth, that little cyst I told you about, I bit right through it. Um, and I just had like like flashbacks to that horrible incident. So I ate very very slowly because I was afraid of biting through it again. It was it was traumatic. That's um that's kind of scary. Yeah, I bled a lot. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound fun, Chris. I really thought you were uh, going to go a totally different thing. It's like the last time I had this it exploded in my stomach. So we have 1 hour to record no, the podcast. Just uh <laughs> just bit through my own mouth. Jesus. Yeah. It's cool though, you know. I'm hanging tight. So you know how it is. Are you hanging brain? I don't know if I'm comfortable with with what that might mean. What if I stretched it out and said, are you hanging brain? Is that like, like, are we talking nut sacks? Is that what Oh, that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, what was I just watching that they kept saying? Uh, it was very serious, and they kept saying, uh, laying pipe. And I was like, you need to, you need to knock that off. Laying pipe, yeah. I think what I've said that on it? this it was... podcast before. Like, it was that and chipping concrete is what my dad used to refer to sex. That's quite something. Um, what was I watching that they were said literally said laying pipe in the most serious tone that you could say? I don't know what it was, but it, it made me laugh. I need to stop looking at this Amazon website. Look at the Amazon website when we are through with our Sorry, supernatural I website. Waiting. I was waiting on you, Chris. I had nothing That's... else to do. I was waiting on food. I had nothing else to do. I, I edited Don't Give Up Skeleton and uploaded that, so... Shit. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I I didn't I didn't do any editing. I did a, I did a little bit of novel editing earlier. I started writing a new chapter, another new chapter. Even though I didn't finish the first new chapter, oh, that good, I started. good, good, good. So this is already working know, very well. Honestly, I'm actually really happy with the the shape of it. You know, or or the changes that I'm making. I think that they make it a better read. I think it like it flows better. It feels better. It gives you a better sense of the characters, but it does mean a significant amount of work is now going to have to go into this. Because um, I was really worried that every every character was going to seem flat. Um, and I think that what I when I started writing it, I was t- I was taking sort of I had just been reading Harry Potter again, and it's not like Harry Potter, but I took that kind of narrative structure where it's not like it's not first person, um, but it's pretty much always from roughly harry's perspective um you don't get to like see other people's thoughts or whatever um and it doesn't it doesn't really change and i didn't i didn't want to be showing other people's thoughts like when i'm following one perspective but i ended up just writing every chapter from the perspective of the main character and i realized that that left a lot unsaid about the other characters because a lot of things they just go unsaid so i said if i if i just take like one or two scenes one or two chapters and follow this character's perspective that will enhance them i think significantly 
Yeah. I mean, that's just my failure as a writer to not be able to characterize them in such a way that you don't need to get inside their head to see them, but that's just the way that I write. So it is what it is. I gotta I gotta try to roll with it. Don't but say it's gonna be a lot Chris, of work. You you wrote the book and you're currently editing it and don't don't call yourself a failure failure yet. <laughs> like wait wait till yeah. it comes out and nobody <laughs> buys yet. it. Yeah. Not yet. Not <laughs> no, yet. I'm kidding, man. If even like getting this far is a huge accomplishment and more than most yeah. people do. So I mean my my end game is really just put it on Amazon and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um but I just wanted to feel like it's in a place where I am at least somewhat confident that I can share it with other people. It, it's weird to to not have shared it with anybody yet, because the last time that I did this, 10 years ago, like every, and I know I've told you this before, and I've said it on the podcast before, like every time I wrote a chapter, I would send it to Steve, or I was having somebody read it, and I was in college at the time too, so I printed off like 75 pages of this thing in, in a library printer. <laughs> and then would be like handed out to people be like hey read this let me know what you think so i had like constant peer interaction but now i haven't really shown anybody anything um i think autumn read some of it and that's like that's just me and her she she knows the secret to nobody else <laughs> i read like the first paragraph yeah there you go um oh my dad read um my dad read some of it <laughs> good um he like he just the only thing like I, I emailed it to him and he texted me back and he just said, is, uh, is Seekhart the baby? Seekhart's one of the characters. He said, is Seekhart the baby? That was his first thing. And I just went, yeah, dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's not a spoiler or anything. It's you just, there it. is a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it was just, that was the only feedback I got. And then he said, oh, he said a lot of repetition in part of it. And I said, yeah, that's on purpose. Um, I'm doing so, a thing, dad. It's supposed yeah, to look I this just, way. <laughs> I got criticism from my father who doesn't read, but you know, Thanks, it is Gary. what it is. Thanks, Gary. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's weird realizing like, oh, nobody else has read this. And I'm just like super up my own ass about it. Um, but I'm, I'm still, this is my safe place. This is where I can continuously be like, well, you know, no one's going to read it yet because I know it still needs to be improved. But I feel like the second that I let anyone else read it, they're going to think that I like it and I will never like anything I do. Like, I just <laughs> I want like I want you to like if when you read it, I want it with, you know, with the asterisk that I hate this and yeah. I think it's horrible. So uh, do your best. You know, like that's that's the, how I have to approach it. I'll uh, I'll make sure Autumn knows that you hate th- this writing and that she should read it very carefully. <laughs> Did you have a good weekend? I just hope. Oh, go um, ahead. I didn't. Yeah. I thought you were done. No, so. no, 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 no. Let's talk about weekends. I, know, I was just going to ramble more. So, what did I do this weekend? I got my drink on a little bit. That was good. I've been sipping. I got that uh, Game of Thrones whiskey. Um, a couple weeks ago, my local liquor store had it. It just has like a Stark emblem on it. I really don't know shit about liquor. Um, I used to like be a little bit more interested in that when I like first started drinking. But then as I got older, I was just like, hey, I'm broke. I will buy whatever is cheap. Like that, <laughs> that's all that matters. So even just getting like a seventy dollar bottle of like whiskey feels feels real nice. Damn, so I'm just gonna sip on that a little bit. Must be a nice and, bottle uh, of whiskey. Yeah, it's got it's got like a it has the Stark logo on it, but it looks very cool. I'm, I mean, it's a stupid like collector's thing, but I saw it and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Like we were still in the in the height of um you know the season, and I was very excited. So it was a uh, I, I don't regret it hey you're um, a fan and you like to be serviced whether it's through absolutely, uh, you absolutely. Know, dramatic scenes of, of dragons or it's uh sipping on sipping on a little whiskey and raw yeah singing yeah. singing baba um, game of thrones pie yep, i think i think that's the way that goes yeah uh, that is actually that's yeah um but yeah i think what, what did we do this weekend? i don't know we hung out we went out we got food drinks yeah. had a good time we did I played that. a lot of video games i played uh plague tale 
Um, Did you finish that? That's been a, not yet. I'm on the last chapter. I just haven't started it yet because uh, I looked up how many chapters there were just to see, hey, am I near the end? And it turns out I was on the last one. And I like scrolled through the walkthrough. I didn't read anything. I was just trying to see, is there another chapter after this? And it was extremely long. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this when I am in the mood to play a game for a while and not when I'm like, hey, let me finish this. Because if I do that, I'll rush through it and I won't have a good time. Yeah. Um, so I want to I hang up. Yeah, I'm very pleasantly surprised by that game. The uh, last time you and I talked about video games, I uh, went into some detail about a game called Void Heroes. I have since learned mm-hmm. that that game is actually called Void Bastards, not Void Heroes. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Uh, I don't remember where those where those outtakes were. If they may be in this podcast, I don't really remember. But yeah, so sorry about that, you know, everybody. But uh, Void Bastards I got do its hooks in me. Very man. confused. Yeah, I was. I remember I searched Void Heroes and it came up with a video game, but I was like, this doesn't exactly look like what jeremy's describing but like oh yeah all right i mean i guess i'm just missing but now i now i'm seeing real screenshots this looks very cool <laughs> yeah that that comic book cell shaded style is is really interesting and uh it's basically it's another run based game um which i think you made fun of me the last time i talked about it but uh i got really far in it like i just i just did a lot of progression stuff and like every single loop uh is good and you usually unlock stuff and or upgrade your weapons and all this other stuff and it's just it's just fun it's just really fun it, it, it's not it's a shooter like it's a first person shooter but it doesn't require like twitch reflexes or like real precision mm-hmm. shooting so like i feel like the i don't know if that's just because i'm playing on normal mode or, or whatever like there's a bunch of difficulty levels but uh i just i'm just having a good time with it like it's just fun sometimes you know the loop of going to a new ship exploring it and then leaving can be from like three minutes to 15 minutes so it's a good like sit down and like do a quick thing um i've definitely been in situations where like uh the ai tells you you need to build a uh, hr computer and like one of the components is on this specific ship so i get there i have like very little ammo i have very little resources so i like get on the ship uh the, the goal is to get into the helm and download the map because the map will tell you where all of the loot is and including all of the like special items. So like I'll, I'll jet over to the helm and then like see where it is. And then basically just haul ass and not, and not Cause I have no, <laughs> I have no weapons. I'm about to die. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so I'll grab it and then just exit. Like I've literally gotten onto a ship. I did this the other day. Uh, I got onto a ship and it was full of, um, I can't forget what they call them. They're like wardens or something, but they were these super powerful enemies. Uh, and I had finally gotten a, a, this crazy weapon that lets you zap an enemy out of um, existence and then put them okay. anywhere that you want to. And I was really confused as to how that would work until I realized that um, the enemies can't open locked doors. So you can literally like lock oh. a door, like zap an enemy, and then put it into a room and just fill up a room full of enemies. But I was out of ammo on that. I did that with two of them, and then like five of them walked up. So I like I didn't even explore more than three rooms on the ship and just turned around and left. I was like, fuck this, I'm out. I gotta go. It I, it does sound very creative, though. I mean, I think the scenario you just described is not exactly what I would expect from, I don't know, to be doing in a first-person scenario like that. Yeah, it's it's there's some there's some really neat stuff into it, and like you have to manage your, your food and your uh, fuel. So like every time you go to a ship, you have to like make that choice of, do I explore more so that I can get more stuff or do I, but I'm also going to risk running into enemies or running into weird right. stuff. Uh, there's you also know some, where the bathroom is at all times. In case you do I have not, don't. I have not seen a head, which I think is what you would refer to it on a spaceship as um, I've not seen any bathrooms. I don't know what all of these, these aliens do all these weird, these weird creatures do, but there's no bathrooms on the ships. I guess um, they don't take them. That's hmm. some of the ships have like unique things. So like you'll find some ships have, torpedoes that you can scavenge that will prevent you from getting overrun by pirates which is really handy 
uh, some ships have a gene splicer. Okay. Um, so you have so all, if you so you can get your you turn your genes into gene shorts. So you can turn your genes into gigantic darks. That's what the that's what the goal yes. is. Yes. Um, but like I had I had a thing <laughs> where um, I forget what they called it. It was there was some punny name for it, but uh, it was basically like uh, every once in a while, like I would I would drop stuff like out of my inventory. <laughs> Like I would just randomly drop bullets and stuff. And then um, I found a gene splicer and I was able to swap that. Uh, and the only option either I had to either I had to keep it or get other new better traits or I had to swap it. And I wanted to get rid of it because ammo is so precious. And the only thing I could swap it for was um, cause everybody by their last name. Okay. And I was like, well, this this seems dumb and weird. Sure. Let's do it. And sure enough, like all of the enemies like above their head, it'll be like, um, you know, alien blob, except this time it changed it to like Mr. Smith <laughs> or That's whatever. And they're all like real dumb names. So it just every single enemy that you saw was Mr. Or Mrs. Blah, 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 which was, I thought really it's funny. It's kind of great though. Yeah. That's awesome. Super dumb. Um, this is, you're playing this on Xbox. Yeah. This and, um, outer wilds, uh, is, are both on game pass and both on Xbox. Um, outer wilds is a trip man. like that game is, is real trippy. Like I don't, I don't even know how to really, talk about the game i put some stuff on twitter about it people probably saw that um but it's very much like an adventure game and you were you were a a member of this alien race um who started a space program and aren't very good at it there's all sorts of monuments <laughs> to you, <laughs> the the drastic failures that have happened it was trying to get into space uh but there's also um been pe- there's been people that have been successful at it and like have, there's like the first thing you do is like go to the planet's moon and like there's a dude there's like yeah i sit here i get lonely sometimes but you know i don't want to go back down there <laughs> i'm like okay cool <laughs> um and as you explore like all of the different planets you find all of these weird alien artifacts and like you're supposed to search search stuff and it's just a lot of weird like oh i found some alien language and i translated and it gave me a clue to go to this other planet to look for something and so i go to the other planet and that gives me like two or three clues and i talked to this guy and he gave me something and he told me to go over here and all of this random stuff so sounds interesting and everybody seems to be loving it um yeah austin walker has been has been like losing his mind about it on twitter yeah yeah i'm still meanwhile playing long dark which is um yeah that survival game yeah yeah man so i had a uh, my longest game I had ever had was 12 or 13 days or something like that. This most recent one, I made it to day 36. Nice. And I had stayed in this one town for a really long time. And it was an abandoned town, obviously. But I managed to explore the entire area. I found a crashed plane up in the mountains and got some supplies out there. I found a nearby farm where I was able to find a workshop and work on some stuff. And I had a really steady like income of uh, supplies that I could find and I could hunt and I could gather and do this do this whole this whole survival thing and it was really exciting and I felt like I was finally starting to learn like the the deep systems to the game finally and level up skills like you get like a campfire skill or a hunting skill or whatever it is just by it goes it gets better the more you do it you get better at starting fires the more you start fires um, which can be really really useful. Um, and I reached a point where I had no more bullets than any of the guns that I had, and I so I wasn't able to hunt anymore, uh, which can be a problem because I need to be able to like you know eat, eat. Uh, yeah, and presumably not, like s- harvest pelts for warmth and things like that, right? Yes, exactly. I was finally able to make like a wolf skin jacket and all that stuff, um, because there's only so much you can gather as far as like vegetation goes because it's the middle of winter. Um, so yeah, that that became a problem, and after a while, I reached a point where I was like, okay. 
I'm kind of bored because I've I've worked myself into a corner. So if I don't just venture out, then I'm I'm I mean I'll, I'll probably die if I venture out. But if I don't, then I'm I'm not going to really enjoy playing the game anymore. So I ventured out, and after a very long journey that Jess was on the edge of her C4, she was here when I played this, just expecting me to die at any minute. I managed to make it to a new area, full of a, you know there's a new town, there's new cabins to explore, new um you know things to interact with. I saw a moose for the first time in this game. It was very exciting. Uh, and then I spent about 10 days at this new place starting over because I had to leave so much of my supplies behind. I couldn't, you can't just carry everything. You'll, you'll crawl. So I had to just cut my losses and I'm finally started to build all that stuff up. And then I went for, I went for a little walk and I was exploring. I'm looking for a bunker that I found in a previous game that's loaded with like weapons and, and ammo and supplies and all that. I knew it was around here somewhere. So I'm exploring this area and I'm walking down the slope. Of, oh, uh, so the, the world is persistent. So, like, if you die and start over, like, if you know where stuff is, you can you can go to those areas and get and get a good stash going. Yeah, there are uh, there are landmarks that will be in place. You never know what you're going to find there. Um, okay. So I was just hoping to find this bunker and hope that there would be something good there because there was so much there the first time that I found it. Um, but as far as I know, the bunker could have even moved because I was totally unable to find it. Uh, but I was walking down a hill. And because I happened to have a lot of stuff on me at the time, because I was so encumbered walking down this hill, I, I sprained my ankle and I start limping and I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Now all you have to do for a sprained ankle is take some painkillers and put a bandage on it. You know, you wrap it up. That's the, the game system. I had a uh, painkiller, so I took those and then I went to put a bandage on, realized I didn't have any. So I went to the crafting menu to create uh, a couple bandages out of cloth that I had, which takes like five minutes in game, but it just like, you know, speeds you up. It doesn't make you sit there for five minutes. So when I finished crafting those bandages, before I could do anything, there was a bear in front of me that had wandered up to me during the time that I was like kind of like away from the game itself. Uh, and it mauled the shit out of me. I've been mauled by a bear before in this game. It's, it's not the end of the world. You play dead and it walks away. Um, so I got the shit mauled out of me and it sucked and I'm bleeding out and I'm like, it's OK. I just made bandages. I can stop the bleeding. It's not a big deal. So I finally stand up. I put one bandage on the, um, the blood loss. And then the bear attacks me again. Now, this had never happened to me like this before. It rips my shit up. And now I'm like, I'm in serious trouble. I stand up one more time and I turn and I see that after a bear attacks you, it walks away. You like your character kind of goes like half unconscious for a second. And you can see through your blinking eyes as the bear walks away from you. I saw that this time the reason that it kept attacking me was that instead of walking away from me, it was just walking into a nearby rock. So it couldn't. (laughs) <laughs> the AI of the bear Couldn't could distance rock. itself from me. <laughs> and so it just kept like re-triggering its aggro and turning around and attacking me. So it attacked me three times in a row and I died. And I lost the 36 days of progress and that's it. That's over. It's over. Um, Are you done with the game? Did you just rough. delete it and be done with it? I, I've felt that way a couple times now, but I, I haven't this time. Inevitably, I'll go back to it because it's a game I like to play while listening to podcasts or audiobooks. So uh, I'll, I'll go back to it eventually. But yeah, it was a, it was quite it was quite the bummer. But that game is really fun, especially when you almost like you do shorter runs with that. I felt like that was more exhilarating um, because it felt like anything could happen. I could die in a blizzard. I could get attacked by wolves out of nowhere. I could just not make it to shelter. You know, I could just walk the wrong direction. Now I know a little bit more about the game. So every failure comes several days in or, you know, now 36 days in, whatever it is. So. Which is obviously better because you don't want to fail right away, but it also hurts a lot more when you lose. <laughs> so there's a there's a kind of a, a win lose to that. But yeah, um, hopefully the next time I play it, I'll it'll, I'll do better and I'll find more secrets and have more interesting experiences. Because as much as it's just you're 
on a abandoned island in northern Canada during the winter, and there's been there was some event that has basically left the world in a state that you are unawares of. There's no uh, radio waves or, or or electricity anywhere. Like you're just you're on this island by yourself, and it's I mean I say island, but it's basically like a whole community. It's just this huge place, there's mountains and everything. Um, but occasionally you'll just see weird lights in the skies, and like electricity and buildings will turn on briefly. Uh, and there's, I don't know if there's a, a deeper story there. There is an actual story mode that I haven't played, but it's always super interesting and like gets me excited when that kind of stuff happens. Like you're just, yeah, well, let me go out and like light a fire or like, let me go try to fish down at the ice lake or something like that. And then suddenly you see green lights in the sky and there's uh, a car's headlights an abandoned car's headlights are flashing on you. And it's just, it adds this element of mystery to the game that for me keeps it really, really interesting. Are there uh, persistent unlocks or when you when you die and you start over, you're starting from scratch every time? There are persistent unlocks and I have not unlocked any of them. That's how much it takes to oh, wow. okay. like, unlock them. Either I've just always played the game so poorly that I've, I never made any progress towards any of them or it just takes a really long time. Like I'm really close to unlocking one of them and I've put a lot of time into the game. <laughs> I think that if you are probably better at the game and you pick up on it quicker than I did. You can get to that stuff sooner, but yeah, there are persistent unlocks, which I'm excited to eventually get to. That was what killed uh, Don't Starve for me. Is um, and there may be persistent unlocks and Don't Starve, but I felt like I would get pretty far into that game, and then uh, you know you you fuck up just a little bit, and you have to start all over again. And it was just so like it, that the first like hour or the first th- maybe not the first hour, the first thirty minutes of the game just seemed really fucking boring. Like yeah. it just wasn't um, it wasn't fun, and that's when, like I like my like my Gungeons or my Void Bastards or my Isaacs or, or what have you, to have stuff that like I am doing outside of the actual run so that when I start over again, like I, I feel better about it. Yeah, it, it makes you feel real bad. I remember that was one of the first games I got, Don't Starve, on PS4. And I just was, I was excited about it. I had heard about it on the Indoor Kids. Did you ever listen to that podcast? Yeah, Kumail. Uh, and um, yeah. what's his wife's name? I don't remember his wife's Emily. name. Emily. Emily, yeah. Um, yeah, they they got me all excited about that, so I finally was able to get it when I when I got a PS4, and I did like three runs, and everyone was more demoralizing than the last. Yep. I just never played it again. I made it to like I don't remember what the day cycle was or like how long, but like I remembered I was starting to like harvest. I was like pretty deep in the tech tree and like needing some advanced materials, so having to branch out further in the world and then dying on that run, and I was like, I'm done. I'll probably never play this again, and mm-hmm. and and I don't think that I ever have. I didn't even go back for it for co-op because I didn't think Autumn would really get into it very much for for co-op i hate that feeling that you you described just a minute ago of just not having the health or or like having the resources and knowing that you're probably going to die and Mm -hmm. and kind of being stuck a little bit like i did definitely did that in void bastards a couple of times where i was like well i don't i don't have any food i don't have any i have very little ammo and there's i have enough fuel for for one jump so i can go to the ship all of the ships that are around me are full of super bad guys so my goal is going to be to try to like sneak in and you can do stealth stuff. Like you can like, you know, if you crouch down or if you just walk and don't run, you won't make any noise. And there's certain weapons you can use that won't alert enemies when you use them and all that kind of good stuff. And you can like use sound to lay traps. Like I've definitely like, you know, laid a bunch of uh, mines out and then lured a bunch of enemies in and then blew them all up at one time. Um, But I didn't really have any of that stuff. So I was just like, I'm just going to go on the ship and try to grab as much as I can. And then of course I died Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, starting over. But, um, I did have one really good run, and this is like one of these super satisfying video game things where I just lucked into a luxury ship that Ooh. was huge. Like they have all of the different ships you can explore have different features and traits and races and all that other stuff. 
Um, and this one was huge, which basically meant like it was full of uh, sweets. Like it was like a carrier cruise or something. <laughs> and uh, but more importantly, all of the security inside was disabled. And um, there's this one particular type of, of enemy um, that's just like a little blob thing that explodes when you get near it. And my my character on that run had um, didn't trigger that. Like that was his trait that he started with was, you know, you could get close to these guys without exploding. So here's an entire ship that had like 70 percent oxygen. I've got 15 minutes of oxygen in, in my tank <laughs> and it has an atmo- yeah. atmosphere place so I could go refill my oxygen that had no like no enemies whatsoever, essentially. So like I just leisurely explored this entire thing and racked up so much money and resources. And when I left, yeah. uh, you get the, it does the cool thing. And like when you leave a ship, it like throws all the loop uh, loot that you got on the screen and like downloads it to the thing. So like there's all this animation happening and I just had so much shit that the frame rate was stuttering, <laughs> which is always good. And then um, immediately from that screen, you go to your uh, kind of your workbench where you upgrade everything. And I had enough upgrade material to upgrade my my jacket, my flak vest twice, which brought my health from 500 starting out to 1500. (laughs) And I was like, well, this is fucking great. (laughs) Like, this is the run. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have a great time. And yeah, that was a fun run. That one that one lasted a while. That's the kind of like that's that's the the thrill of the game. That's where, you know, that's where the the G gets its gets its gamer name in JG Greer. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. And as we as Jump. we established on the Discord, my full name is Ja Rule Gamer Greer. So. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> In case, yeah, I mean, you say your Twitter here all the time. People probably don't realize what the JG stands for. Yeah, they might yeah. think, you know, there's a Jeremy in there, maybe maybe a guy, but no, it's actually no, Ja Rule Gamer, Gamer Greer. Greer. So it's on my driver's you, license, everybody. Right. If you wanted to... <laughs> Jeremy's just your nickname. My social security number is Xbox 360. Yeah. <laughs> My social security number is X going to give it to you. <laughs> Man, if we had, um, I wonder, I, I, I know why, but like imagine if they had uh, vanity social security numbers like they have vanity license plates <laughs> where you could pay the government and be like, I don't want my number to be the string of characters. I want it to spell out, go fuck yourself or something. That would be fucking hilarious. Going off of last, of last episode, or yeah, last week's episode uh, where we talked about Star Wars a lot for some reason. I, when I was a, like a baby, I told my mom that I, when I was old enough, I wanted a vanity plate that just was, that just said Obi-Wan. Perfect. Great. She was like, okay, okay, Chris. <laughs> sure, Chris. Whatever you say, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to grow up to be very cool. You're going to grow up to start a podcast, I bet. I, um, I've never seen a vanity plate that I thought was cool enough to have paid for it. Like there's been some, yeah, sure. some that have made me like chuckle. Right, like, oh, okay, I get, it. I, I see what you're doing there, but uh, most of them are just fucking terrible, or like just straight up monstrous. Like, I hate the ones that are like for my baby or daddy's gift oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, yeah, keep it in your pants, daddy. Jesus, seriously, seriously, I hate the ones that you you drive by and you see like not EC EC, and you go, what the fuck what the does fuck that is mean? that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're stealing my gamer tag out here. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a free gamer tag change from Xbox that I'm I was considering changing it because I'm EC EC over in Xbox and I just kind of I don't know why I want to consolidate everything under one umbrella but like I have that urge so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, I had the same thing weird. with uh, with PlayStation but I haven't I haven't made the switch yet. Do you want to record a podcast about some hawks? Let's do a podcast. Do you remember anything about this episode? I've already forgotten yeah, everything about it. I yeah I watched it yesterday so I I remember it all. Well, I don't. I don't even need notes. 
right, let me close. I that. can't wait for to the the entire episode for me to be like, oh, fucking. Uh, what and then, was um, that? Um, what, yeah. what, and and then fucking, what's his uh, face? Because I'm, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, this is Tessa. Oh, what a massively disappointing end for Tessa.